1: Alright, what's up everybody? It is uh, Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Beautiful sunny day here in Vegas and we are broadcasting everywhere all over the world. Not just on the KSHP AM dial 1400, but of course YouTube and uh, broadcasting on Twitter. Pretty much everywhere. You get to see my beautiful mug. Yeah, I know that's what everybody wants to see. And we got a lot to get to today. A lot to go over. Coming up in hour number two, Chris Matthews will be joining us. Channel 8 Sports. Uh, Chris does a great job over there. And uh, besides the UNLV firing, you know, now it's we're pretty much beyond that now. Who's going to be the next head coach? We'll talk to him about that. Raiders game this weekend in town against the chargers see i was very careful there i didn't call them the san diego chargers i, I still do that from time to time pac-12 championship is in town too at uh, Allegiant stadium that'll be on friday uh unlv hoops off to a wonderful start uh we'll talk to him about that and, and much much more a lot to get to we're going to talk about this uh respect for marriage act codifying uh, marriages between same sex uh we'll get into that also Two members of the Oath Keepers were found guilty of sedition. Very, very serious crime. We'll get to that as well. And uh the Trump dinner saga continues. uh Trump mingling with white supremacists. I don't think anybody should really be surprised when we hear that. Joining me in studio, she always does. It's been a few weeks. Uh, Michelle Mortensen, the eight time Emmy winner, uh, joining me as she does every Wednesday. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Good to see you. How are you?
2: Thanks for having me. Hope you had a great, uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Did you have fun with your family? I did.
1: It was good to see my folks. Uh, I had a lot of fun and, and, you know, you only have one set of parents. So, yes. uh, at least most people. So, <laughs> so, uh, it was nice to spend time, uh, see my sister see my family, see my parents, and see people I went to high school with and elementary school with 20, 25 years ago. How about you? How was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was really good, too. You know, and my husband had a birthday yesterday, so we kind of contemplated getting older. How
1: old older. is he, 23,
2: 24? Uh, no, no. Uh, he's, he's 10 years older than me, so he's a little yeah. bit older, and, and, you know, we've got young kids, so I guess, right. you know, we started late, so it's definitely one of those things where you start yep. thinking about, oh, my God, how many Thanksgivings am I going to have with these kids? So yeah,
1: well, it's nice. You cherish it, right? Enjoy Just, your
2: parents while you can.
1: No question. I agree with you 100%. Well, since we were just talking about marriage, why don't we get right into it? Because uh, let's start with the positive. You know, I could be Mr. Negative sometimes, but let's start with the positives. Republicans and Democrats, some Republicans and all Democrats, were able to come together to protect same-sex marriage from the Supreme Court. Uh, the Respect for Marriage Act codifies marriages and came about amid worries among Democrats that the same conservative majority on the Supreme Court that took away the right to abortion will target same-sex marriage in the future. Only 12 Republicans voted for this. I keep that in mind, only 12 and every single Democrat voted for this. But so many Republicans and the usual suspects did not. And there, there were some Republicans that I give some credit for for doing the right thing. But the usual suspects on the right did not vote for this act. People like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, you know, to name them. I don't think we need to go down the list and name all the Republicans that that that, that didn't vote for this but it bothers me a great deal, and this is where we're at, and this is, in my opinion, one of the reasons why Republicans are not getting, uh, the votes that they need in certain races, and they didn't have the election night that they wanted to have a few weeks ago. So, Michelle, what are your thoughts on this? You know, again, Mitch McConnell's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He's in an interracial marriage, and this protected interracial marriage, and he voted against it, as did Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, And the usual far-right suspects that are election deniers voted against this bill. What do you make of this? And am I right in saying that in my personal – it's despicable that in 2022 people don't want to protect – marriage between a man and a man or woman and a woman. What are your thoughts on this?
2: So I think I I looked up to see why certain Republicans chose not to support the bill, mainly um, Cruz and Cornyn, because a Texas publication reached out to them specifically to find out. And they said that it was really about infringing on religious liberty. They saw it as a pathway to lawsuits against religious institutions that oppose same-sex marriage. Now, while I don't have a a personal issue with same-sex marriage, I would say this, that I would find it, very wrong for any religious institution that did not believe in same-sex marriage to be forced into performing a same-sex marriage. So I understand the concern. They don't
1: have to, though. That's that's not what's on I, the table. I,
2: I understand. You yeah. didn't let me finish. This bill does not require religious organizations to perform same-sex marriages, and religious groups' tax status will not be impacted by what kinds of marriages they do or don't officiate. And as and the Church of Latter Day Saints, the Mormon Church, they basically said, "Yeah, we're okay with it." That's why Mitt not Romney wrote, voted. For it. Basically, right. Utah gave them the okay to support it. But that was the concern for some Christian organizations. I understand the concern as a Christian, as someone who's married to a pastor, I get it. I understand the concern. I understand the thought that it could be a slippery slope. But when we look at the the brass tacks of this bill, I, I don't think it was saying anything about what religious organizations had to come It to wasn't. Do. Now, if there was ever a bill that said every church has to do this no matter what, I would be adamantly against that, adamantly against that. But the libertarian in me, and you know I'm a pretty hardcore conservative, but the few libertarian Video, uh, views that I hold is that people should be able to do what they want. You do you, boo. I'm not going to talk to you about what you do in your bedroom. I'm not going to talk to you about who you're going to marry. I'm not going to talk to you about any of that. So I think really, rather than looking at the Republicans who didn't vote for it, I think you need to look at the fact that 12 Republicans crossed the aisle this passed by more than the 60 votes that needed. So this was a win overall. So I don't see anything negative to be reported. I about do.
1: It. I do. And here's I- why I
2: get you do, but I-, I disagree.
1: There is a small minority of Republicans that once again did the right thing. We are talking about the overwhelming amount of Republicans that did not. By the way, Ted Cruz is lying. You basically admitted it yourself. There is no religious institution that is going to be forced to marry two men or two women. Ted Cruz is lying. What this simply does is it simply says we are going to protect marriage between two men and two women. That doesn't mean that every single church has to do that. Nobody's being forced into anything. And when somebody like lying Ted, uh, the man who you voted for, Donald Trump, I agree with him. Ted Cruz is a liar. He's lying about this once again. Ted Cruz also lied about the bill helping veterans that uh, have issues with their lungs, with breathing. Ted Cruz lied about that bill when he voted against it, too. He made excuses. And Jon Stewart called him out for that. And now people should be calling him out for this. Make no mistake about it. The Republicans can say whatever they want, claiming why they voted against this bill, But the reason why they voted it is the reason why they are anti-gay. They take their own religious personal beliefs and push it, or want to push it, their beliefs on other people. The same thing comes with abortion. I respect the fact, people like you and people out there, that do not believe in abortion. I have no problem with you feeling the way you feel, and I wouldn't make you change your mind otherwise, because it's your body, your family- you do what you want. But some people out there want to abolish abortion across the country. The same types of Republicans that if they had it their way would abolish same-sex marriage. They take their personal beliefs and they push it on other people. And that is why I call those people disgusting and dangerous for this country. Not only is Ted Cruz a liar, not only is he lying in the excuse of why he voted against this thing, but he is a homophobic piece of garbage. And he wants to institute his religious beliefs. Well, guess what? My religious beliefs say that he's the sinner. Gay people aren't the sinners. People like Ted Cruz is the sinner. That's what my religion tells me, Brian's religion. And you know why? Because Ted Cruz pushes his ideologies and his religion that only his way is the way to go. And everybody else is wrong. To me, he's the sinner.
2: So my, my, my issue with what you're saying, basically, is this. You're kind of, I know you always say, I'm not lumping all Republicans together, no Republic, and But the problem is, is there's a lot of gay Republicans. There is a huge Republican sure. base in the LGBTQ community. There are many, many Republicans who do not share those opinions. There are Republicans who hold very strong conservative Christian beliefs. I am one of them. But you can't lump us all together. Then let
1: me ask you a question. Why is it then, if there are so many out there, why are they not in office? And why did only 12 Republicans vote for this bill? Well, I agree with you, by the way. There are plenty of gay Republicans out there. I know some of them. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But why is it there are so few that are in office? They won't get elected because the overwhelming majority, in my opinion, well,
2: a lot of that won't comes, vote for them. But a lot of that comes down to redistricting. It comes down to your state. It comes down to a lot of different issues as to why quality Republicans don't get elected. I mean, we can talk about that for hours. No one wants to listen to that because mm-hmm. nobody cares. But there's a lot of issues that come Come into play as to who gets elected and who doesn't. As someone who has run for office and not been elected, let me tell you, it has a lot more to do with just being a quality candidate. Usually, yeah. being a quality candidate is very low on the list as to why someone would. Get I understand
1: what now. you're saying, Michelle, and you're right. There are a lot of Republicans out there that would that are not politicians that would probably would have voted yes for this bill. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I agree with you. But again, going back to what I said earlier, my issue is we're not talking about, oh, there were only two or three Republicans that voted against this. You know what? I would just wave my hands and say, well, okay, well, they're idiots. Uh, you know, Ted Cruz is an idiot. We're not talking about two or three Republicans. We're talking about the overwhelming majority of Republicans in office that had a chance to do the right thing and vote yes, voted no. I commend Mitt Romney, who was a religious man, who I have always said since day one. It's why I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney either. You know why, Michelle? Because I thought both of them would have been a decent president. I really felt that way. I've met Mitt Romney. I've talked to Mitt Romney. I was a reporter at the time. Nice man. I don't always agree with all of his policies. I I I don't think he's perfect. He's a decent human being. And he proved it once again. Because while he's a religious man, a Mormon, a religious man... He did the right thing, and he said, yes, this is okay. Let's go ahead and let's do this. But the Ted Cruz's of the world didn't, and then they lie about it.
2: But it also didn't matter because I think you, you keep diminishing the fact that this did pass. It passed with more than the required 60 votes. Everyone in Congress should indeed have their right to vote how they how they feel. I they didn't say
1: have, they don't they should so have the they right. They should have
2: the right to vote and no matter even though they let their opinion be known and they voted the way they wanted, it's still passed. So I don't really see that there's any reason to have huge outrage. I'm going to if 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 I go on later and I see all my gay friends have huge outrage over this, well then I'll say I'll come back on and I say I totally disagree. But that is not what I'm seeing. Most people see this as a victory and I think it's disingenuous and and, and unnecessary to see it to market as a as a negative right now.
1: It's a negative to republicans. While I- I am happy that this bill passed. And what I am talking about has nothing to do with, I'm very happy with the, with, that the bill was passed. I'm very happy. I think it's a good thing. And I commend the few Republicans, because there were only 12 of them, by the way, that voted yes. Keep in mind, every single Democrat did the right thing in my eyes and voted for this bill and i'd love to talk to anybody out there that think that this is bad for the country that somehow allowing two men or two women to marry each other is somehow so bad for the country that interracial marriage is so bad and that's another thing that pisses me off because mitch mcconnell who voted against this bill i know it's a shocker that i'm finding a republican that's a hypocrite mitch mcconnell voted against this bill and he is in an interracial marriage it is so hypocritical and it is so pathetic i hear what you are saying and i am happy that this bill passed yes in the grand scheme of things it is a victory but it goes to show you once again how the overwhelming majority of Republicans vote when they are in office and they see gay marriage as some sort of threat in 2022 I find that so repugnant and so disgusting.
2: Well I think uh, another interesting fact is as we were doing um, some research for this before the show uh, this was a bill that was originally the Defense of Marriage Act originally came back out under the the Clinton administration because remember back then they wanted to everything they could to get rid of same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. and 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 both you and I were alive. We were kids during the Clinton administration, yep. but it's hard to believe that you know just in that short period of time, thirty years ago, we lived in a world that was absolutely disgusted by same-sex marriage so much that they put this into effect where you couldn't. They tried to make it that you couldn't have same-sex marriage. I worked for an ABC station in Texas um, in 2002, I believe was the year when that first Ellen kiss happened, and my Texas ABC station refused yep. to show the episode here we are in 2022 20 20 years later and we live in a much different world people's opinions have changed things have changed some people's and, opinions have changed and some people's haven't you're right not mm-hmm. everyone's has changed but we're we don't live in a world where everyone has to have the same opinion we don't live in a world where we force everyone to believe exactly like we do that is the beauty of free speech when you don't have free speech you have what's going on in freaking china right now where people are trying to put out videos of the protests and china's shutting it down because they don't want anyone to say anything that they don't want to say Say when you don't have free speech, you have what's happening in Iran where women who don't wear their freaking headdress the right way get killed. So at the end of the day, we don't you don't have to agree with Ted Cruz, you don't have to agree with those Republicans who didn't vote for it. But at the end of the day, this is what free speech, this is what America is all about.
1: So of course there's free speech. I would not argue the otherwise. I mean, Kanye West had the ability to do what he did and say the things that he did. Donald Trump, and we'll get to this later, also uh, had the freedom uh, to, to hang out with a white supremacist at dinner along with Kanye West. You're right. We have freedom of speech. My issue is that these are lawmakers. And while you have the freedom to be a bigot in this country, you have the freedom to be a racist in this country. You have those freedoms. I don't want those people in office. I don't want those people to be lawmakers. Yes, you're right, Michelle. These people can vote any way they want to. You are absolutely right. They are entitled to their opinions, how ridiculous they might be. But you also helped me make my own point. This is not 30 years ago or 40 years ago or whenever. This is 2022. And still, the overwhelming majority of Republicans in office do want do not want a man to marry the a man? overwhelming
2: majority in the Senate, in the, the Senate. Senate. So let's not say in office, because now you're throwing in every Republican well, in the state who's not. There's only hundred people. I can
1: in the tell Senate. you, I can tell you right now, whether we're talking about Congress people or those that are in the Senate, I believe that the overwhelming majority of Republicans would have voted this way. Now. We, I
2: don't because there are so many gay Republicans and there are so many people who support the LGBTQ community right. and the Republican Party. So again, we're taking these 100 individuals, these 100 individuals who maybe have too much power, these 100 individuals who maybe are in office for too long, these 100 individuals who many of them are very old, like Chuck Grassley, and very, very stuck in their ways. I get all that. But we can't keep saying that all of America and all Republicans and making these umbrella issues that everyone's like that. Because the LGBTQ community and the Republican Party and Christian conservatives like myself, who are also supportive of the gay community, do not believe these things. And it's not helpful when people constantly try to tear us down.
1: The problem I have is, again, almost 90 percent of Republicans in the Senate voted against this bill. We're not talking about a few people. If this was just a few people, I would agree with you. I am not talking about everyday citizens. I am not talking about. But I will say this. A lot of Christians that I talk to, a lot of people that are that call themselves good Christians, wholesome Christians judge people who are gay. Last I checked and I'm not a very religious person. I do believe in a higher power. Last I checked, I don't think Jesus would want you to judge others that are different than you based on sexuality. Uh that that that's my personal opinion. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's not the Jesus that I would look up to. Uh a lot of ultra I'm going to give you a story, Michelle, of what I'm talking about. There was a time in my life, this was like maybe 14 years ago, Um, I was dating a a beautiful woman. She was a very um, Christian woman, but a very nice woman, a very nice family, just really good, nice people. She's like, you want to go to church with me? I said, (laughs) not really. (laughs) Uh, I was honest with her, but I said, if I have to go to church, I will. I hate it, but I'll do it. I don't even go to synagogue. I don't like doing stuff like that. I would rather be watching football. I'm just being honest with you. But Anyway, Michelle, I went to this church. And last I checked, I think it was uh, – I don't remember the church, but it was uh, Michael Jackson's father used to attend this church. Okay. Um, so I go to this church. And what is it? It's called the priest, right? See, I don't really know what I'm talking well, about.
2: Well, it depends. Right. If it's a Catholic, it's a priest. If it's any other church, it's basically a pastor.
1: Okay. I think it was a pastor. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm giving you the story. The pastor, would ta- he started talking about gay people, and he used the term queer. Okay? There were kids there. And he started to down talk homosexuality, inappropriate, started to talk about gay people and he called them queers, which I think to most gay people is a derogatory term. There are worse terms you could use. It's a derogatory term. I went up to him and I said, how you doing? My name's Brian. And I just want to tell you, I have never been to church before other than going to a marriage. And I said, what you did up there is so despicable. And I, I said it right to his face in front of the girl and she was like in shock. He was in shock. And I said, you should be ashamed of yourself. If, if you're against you know, gay marriage, or, and you want to talk about that? Fine. But to use the term queer, a derogatory term, and I'm telling you, Michelle, there are a lot of Christians in this country that feel that way. And the fact that there were kids there at church.
2: But I don't understand why this bothers you so much that some people in their religious beliefs, everybody has different religions. Because things. it's hypocritical
1: Muslim, and no, judgmental. The, the
2: Muslim community hates gays.
1: And I feel the same way about so, uh, those Muslim people. So the, They're and, just as wrong. And,
2: and you have a right to feel however you want about any person. But I don't understand what gives you the right to go up to a pastor and... It, because you he used a derogatory... trash his sermon Because afterwards. Because, because... It's,
1: I think because you're using a derogatory term to talk about people who have a different
2: sexuality than yeah, you. Yeah, this is what you said 14 years ago. This isn't like today. I go, I've go. i been in church. I'm a pastor. I'm married to a pastor. I've been in church my entire life since I was six weeks old. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't been a ch- in a church in a decade where you got pastors from the pulpit. Now, this could have been a very bad pastor. I know nothing about this pastor. I, I'm just so telling I you that's what he says. So I can't defend or anything. I don't even know his name. I don't even know what church you went to. But I'm going to say that the majority of pastors today, while they may... May have a problem with homosexuality because they follow what the Bible says. They're not up there saying derogatory things in any way, shape, or form. So again, let's not create these umbrella rules where we're just constantly attacking Christians or Muslims. It's what they believe. Let them believe what they want. That's what a free country is about. That's how we can have a country with Muslims and Christians and Jews and Buddhists and everything else under the sun. It's okay.
1: People can believe what they want. It is not okay to discriminate.
2: I didn't but nobody's discriminating.
1: When, for example, Example: You are a policymaker, and you don't want two men to be married or two women to be married. That is what I am talking about. Well, then about.
2: vote them out if you don't want them. Well, and you're not in I Texas, can't vote out Ted so Cruz. you can't vote out Ted Cruz. But the people of Texas can, and that's why we have elections. If you don't like who's representing you, you can vote them out. And I'm just
1: going to make another general statement: These are my opinions. If you are one of those people that thinks being gay is a sin, then I think you're a fool. And I think you're the sinner.
2: Okay, but that's an opinion. Sure. And and that's your opinion, and you're free to have your opinion. But you can't go around stating that that's it, it's it's not fact. It's it's a hundred percent opinion because there's people who believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. I believe it's the inspired word of God. I believe that it is God breathed, and therefore what the word of God says is truth. And you know what the word of God says? The word of God says that homosexuality is a sin, and so is drunkenness. Let me ask you a so question. So is adultery. So is having lust in your let eyes me ask someone you a question. That you're not married to. What is the difference? sin is sin. Okay. Let
1: me ask you a question. What is the difference between you and me that you seem to know what the word of god is and i don't how do you know what the word of god is well, because I, you're reading it off of something what makes you know what god says and what he feels and i don't because something is written in a book that means that you know what god feels so and says the and word, i don't
2: the word of god is the word of according god. to what uh, according, the bible is the most documented book of all time was the bible written by it was written by men God breathes by God. And how that do you know that for
1: sure, 100%? You know
2: what? Part of it does take faith, Brian. Part of okay, it does. Okay, so that's your faith, but faith you don't
1: know if that's true or not. the
2: Torah, the first five books of the Bible are the same. Are, I don't
1: believe are, in everything the Torah says either. I have the same feelings about the Torah as I do in the Bible. Somebody wrote it. Doesn't mean it's God's words, and we have no idea. And that's it your, doesn't mean
2: that. That's your opinion. Right. And, and those who are Christian like myself, it's our opinion that it is the breathed word of God. I'm not forcing you to be a Christian. I'm not forcing you to believe it, but you can't tell me what I believe is wrong.
1: Well, I can tell you it's my opinion that what you you believe is wrong. There's a lot of people that believe Donald Trump won the 2020 election. You're damn right I can tell them they're wrong. They're entitled to their opinions, but it doesn't mean they're right. I would never tell you what you have to believe. I'm not that kind of person. I want everybody to believe in whatever they want to believe. All I'm simply saying is I'm not necessarily wrong just because somebody believes what's in a book. Uh, it's a very simple opinion that I have, and you're right, it is an opinion, just like it's your opinion okay, that God believes this, this, and this. Then
2: maybe let's not call it about right or wrong, because... Uh, well, in my
1: th- opinion, it's wrong, uh, it, not, and, not, and not opinion, what you believe.
2: In your opinion, you can say that it's wrong all you want. I don't It's care. wrong that, to discriminate. That's your opinion, it, Yeah, I, I believe it's but,
1: wrong to discriminate against anybody because they have a different sexuality well, from you or look differently than you do.
2: Where I think you kind of sometimes kind of just nudge up on the line a little bit too much is that... It, you don't have any right to tell me i'm wrong you could say that's your opinion but but do, don't go after me and say that because i'm not i'm not, a Christian and I'm I believe not in the word of god that it's not true I it's not real I,
1: i'm saying that's your opinion okay and that's my opinion what i am saying that i think you're misinterpreting what i'm saying what i'm saying what is wrong is anybody that treats somebody differently because they have a different sexuality than you now if you don't believe in their lifestyle you have the right to believe that that's not what i'm talking about what i am specifically talking about are people that want to change laws to treat people who are gay different than people who are straight example what took place yesterday almost nine out of ten republicans voted against this bill what is this bill about all it's basically saying is we want to treat people who are gay identically to the people who are straight we're not going to force your religion your your churches to do anything we just want to give gay people the right to be married also Allah treating gay people the same as straight people you can believe what you want to believe I'm sure Mitt Romney example I'm sure probably does not believe in homosexuality right But Mitt Romney still did what any decent human being would do. Let's not discriminate against these people. I am going to vote for this bill. The difference between him and Ted Cruz, to me, to me, that is the difference between right is wrong. I want you to believe in whatever you want to believe in. You have that right. You have that freedom. I'm not attacking you for that at all. I am attacking the people who take those beliefs and want to implement into law and treat people differently. Do you see the distinction that I'm talking about? I I
2: do see the distinction that you're trying to make. And I think that's why we need to clarify this a little bit more. Because... I think whenever you get involved in people's faith, whether we're talking about the Muslim faith, the Christian faith, the Jewish faith, we have to be very, very clear mm-hmm. that that beliefs are very, very personal. And for the people who believe sure. it, the practicing Jews that you know, they believe the Torah with all their heart. The the practicing Christians that I am and that mm-hmm. I know, we believe in the Bible more than anything. The, the practicing Muslims, they believe that the Quran is the word of God. It's the word of Muhammad. These are very, very precious, precious things to those who who are people of faith. And we don't ever want to diminish any of that. But I also agree with you that sometimes I feel, and I, I've been a, a, a loud uh, advocate, or I've been a, a loud. I've spoken loudly about this topic many, many times. I think many times the Christian church has gotten very confused that the church is is there to influence politics and make politics do what the Christian church wants. That's not what politics is here to do. Politics is here to govern. And politics is here to make sure that we have a free country, that we have a democratic republic, Mm -hmm. and that people are treated fairly without discrimination. And that's why I don't have a problem with this bill. And there were 12 other Republicans who also agreed. And it passed with flying colors more than the necessary Votes that needed. I would just rather champion the fact that that happened, and and I'm one of those Christians who, when when Chris uh, when uh, not Christian or Caitlyn Jenner was running for governor of California, she's the person I supported. I have no problem with Chris Jenner. Uh, Ka- Why do I keep calling her Chris Jenner? <laughs> Caitlyn. It's like a, such a horrible slip. I don't mean to call Chris Jenner Caitlyn Jenner, uh, uh, but uh, I supported Caitlyn. There's a lot of Christians who have no problem with the LGBTQ plus community whatsoever, and so I just don't want to to continually put out Then if that's misnomer. the case,
1: then I wish that we would get Republicans in office that more of them that feel that way. And I think it's well, I agree it's a great thing that this thing, going back in circles here. It's a, I, I agree it's it, it's a great thing, Michelle, that this passed. I agree with you. I commend the Republicans for doing the right thing, those 12 Republicans. I really do. But I still think it's a sad day when we have 100 of them in office and almost 9 out of 10 of them voted no yes they're entitled to their opinions yes they're entitled to vote the way that they want to you're absolutely right i want to get to a time and we probably will never get to this in our lifetime where every hundred of them would have voted yes it would have been a great imagine what type of day this would have you know what maybe 90 out of 100 maybe you got 10 of republicans said no how great would that have been? The overwhelming majority of Republicans are saying, you know, I might not agree with your lifestyle, but I want you to be you. I want you to be who you are. You should be allowed to be married. And, and, and I'll tell you something in this bill, which wasn't in the bill. If it was in the bill that churches had to, you know, perform gay marriages, I would understand that that would be wrong. That would be wrong. And even though the guy who uh, refused to bake that cake, uh, for those two men, if you remember that story, even though I think that guy is a complete idiot, still, it's his business. And he has the right to turn somebody away if it's against his religious beliefs. I uh, I don't like it, but he does own the business. Um, Do I think he's an idiot? Yes. But the Supreme Court probably made the right decision. I am a firm believer if you own a business, you should be able to do what you want. You shouldn't be allowed to discriminate. That was his religion. Like if you own a golf course today, you right. should allow women and black people, of course – to be a member of your golf course. There's no excuse for that. But if it's religious beliefs when it comes to homosexuality, fine. And it's why I didn't have a huge um, issue with that. I think we agree. Uh, it's a good thing that this thing passed. Uh, and
2: you know what would have been interesting? Actually, I was just thinking about this before you started talking. Yep. it would have been interesting if there was an amendment to this bill, or if there was an additional bill that mm-hmm. said, "Hey, we're going to get rid of the Defense of Marriage Act. We're going to make interracial marriage a okay. We're also going to ensure religious liberty, so that our friends in Muslim churches, our friends in Christian churches, our friends in churches that don't want to have their don't want to be forced to have to perform these types of marriages are protected as well." To me, that would have been good government, because then you would have taken, you know, you get all these Republicans. Say, well, I'm not going to vote for it because of religious liberty. If you had a religious liberty bill, guess what? Problem freaking solved. And sometimes that's what frustrates you me. You want to know
1: my opinion is? People like Ted Cruz would find another way to vote against it. I,
2: I would. So they I can't would. say that you I, we they don't would. know. We're not in Ted Cruz's brain. I'm just yeah. saying, wouldn't it be great if Congress worked in a way that we had the Defense of Marriage Act repeal yeah. that Clinton put in it's not- and we also have religious freedom?
1: But I'm going to give you my opinion here and you can tell me whether you disagree or not. But uh, the Marco Rubio's and the Ted Cruz's of the world, I think part of the reason why they voted against this is because they want to remain in power and they know the base of the Republican Party. I'm not saying everyone within the Republican Party, but the base like this. They like the fact that Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, they voted against it. That is their base. Well, you're yeah,
2: in the Bible Belt. So, I mean, you're talking about their re-election.
1: Whatever happened to the separation between church and state? You should not be a policymaker based on religious beliefs. Uh, that's why that statement is put forth many, many years ago. I don't understand why we let—that's that. That's in your home, okay? Why interfere with your religion when it comes to policy? I I do not like that. I don't care whether it's Judaism or Christianity. Your religious beliefs should not interfere with policy making. Yeah, you shouldn't want people to commit crime. You shouldn't want people to do bad things to each other, and discriminate. That should have nothing to do with religion and everything to do with being a decent human being. I I don't understand why people have to interject their religion when it comes to policy making. It should have no bearing. Also, on the other end of things, in this bill, which I I agree with. Let's not interfere with the churches. You, you shouldn't be forced to, to marry two men or two women. I am all for that. Yeah. That's so it's all in there.
2: So it's just frustrating that at the end of the day we have lawmakers who don't do that that extra part to make things even more free and even more safe. Right. And I think if we did, we would. Heck, if we were going to start doing the right thing, we'd have immigration reform. Uh, we'd have religious protection. We'd have gay yeah. marriage. You would have all sorts of things taken care of. The problem is, and and this is where I'm not. I guess I don't have the the same ire against my Republican party as you do. Both sides play this freaking game of not doing anything complete because they love the freaking drama. They love the politics of drama. And I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it. But if we were really going to do what was good for the people, you would have yeah. the Defense of Marriage Act repealed. You'd also have a religious liberty bill yeah. that would guarantee the protection of religious institutions. And
1: what's even more incredible, I agree. And what's even more incredible, Michelle, is that this comes, what, a week after – uh, well, many mass shootings across the country. I, there's so yeah. many, I can't even name them all, Michelle. But What's I'm that? particularly talking about this nightclub in Colorado where people died for the only reason because they were gay or because they were transgender. So did
2: that bi- bi- non-binary shooter, did he say that he did this because he was angry at gay I think, people?
1: I think uh, it's very similar to the Pulse nightclub shooting, at least from what I understand. The Pulse nightclub shooter was, in fact, leading another lifestyle. That and he
2: kind of like somewhat hated.
1: But this is important. Because from what I understand, he was embarrassed to be himself, right? He was embarrassed to be, uh, who he is. And, you know, it, it appears as though that's what happened in this Colorado shooting. Okay. Why do I say that? Because his attorneys want everything to be quiet. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's unfortunate. Who do we have on the line here? Uh, Mark, a gentleman named Carl. Carl, okay. Number to call, 702-221-7283. Again, the number to call. I don't know if I gave out the number yet. 702-221-7283 <laughs> is the number to call. What's going on, Carl?
3: Yeah, yeah. Hi, Michelle and Brian. Uh, what you were talking about, I think this is very important. I think I once mentioned to you quite a while back, uh, but uh, you're talking about uh, the uh, people against gays and whatever and the priests, talking about bad words and whatever. Let me get something straight. Being gay is basically not a choice. I agree. It is an actual, it's an actual medical thing. When a girl baby is born, it may be born with too many male chromosomes and genes.
1: Can I ask Michelle that? Uh, Carl, hang on the line. Yeah. Cause Michelle, yeah. you're a Christian. I want to ask you this question. Do you believe everybody in society being gay is a choice?
2: You know, I'm going to be very honest that this is something I've really, I've, I've somewhat struggled with because I've known I know he's not a little boy anymore. He's a cheerleader for the Patriots, but um,
1: he's a cheerleader for the <laughs> Patriots. Wow, that's a good gig. So,
2: uh, I know. <laughs> Can I'm, I be a cheerleader for
1: the Patriots? God, what a dream job! I know, are you kidding me? Nobody you, wants to see me with, in one of those outfits. I'll tell you that.
2: I know a young man <laughs> who. Um, How are your legs? His- <laughs> I better shave. <laughs> I, I know a young man who has struggled for his whole life with yep. his sexuality, and he is indeed gay. And right. um, I think, from a biblical standpoint, I've always mm. kind of felt that it was a it was a choice. But as I've met more well, young I, people, I, 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 I wonder, and I, I think it's okay. I, I mean, I believe the word of God with all my heart, and I believe that God. You believe? Part Rich,
1: of do you believe Richard Simmons was born straight?
2: I don't know. (laughs) You really believe that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want to know where Richard Simmons is, to be perfectly honest with you. We haven't seen him in forever. Hold on, hold on. I love that man. Help me out. (laughs) I love, I love Richard Simmons too. (laughs) You think, you
1: think that whether pre or post puberty, you think that um, this is fascinating mm-hmm. to me that people just wake up one day and said, hey, you know what? I don't like women anymore. I'm just going to go no, the other way. For some
2: people, I think it's just deeply deep. And this is where I say I'm saying I'm struggling. So I'm trying to be yeah. very honest. And Understood. It's, it's very hard. I look at. Uh, I think
1: sometimes it's a choice. I think uh,
2: sometimes it is a choice. Especially. And I, and I hate Jordan. To, yes. Like Leslie Jordan. You listen to Leslie Jordan. Here's where I think at it's a choice. two years old, yeah. that kid knew he was gay. Here's where know?
1: I think it's a choice. I Sadly, I do know some women that have gone through horrible trauma sexually. Right and they say, okay, I'm not going to deal with men anymore. I'm, I'm just going to be with women. I'm, uh, may, there are some circumstances where I can understand, but I think the overwhelming majority of people that are gay, they knew when they were four, five, six years old. They've told me that. That's not a choice, right? I know a right? lot
2: of people who've said oh. that as well, and that's yeah. why I say uh, I struggle with it. Go, so. okay, go ahead, Carl. Can I
1: finish it? Yeah, yeah. So
3: no, finish sorry, Carl. Go quick. ahead. Yeah, let me finish this real quick. As I said, they're born um, 98% of gay people are born that way. It's a medical, scientific fact. And let me say one thing to the very religious people out there. And I'm sort of somewhat religious. I I have a religion, but then what they're saying is God made a mistake. Yeah. Can God make a mistake if children or babies are born that way with a, a a, a boy baby born with more female genes and chromosomes and grows up that way or the opposite then god made a mistake
1: but but but, I, I, i will say this um within the ultra religious community whether it be christianity or being muslim the overwhelming majority of people that are call themselves extremely religious people do believe that being gay is a choice well, that's wrong. Uh, I agree. Well, wrong. We don't
2: know for certain. So, again, it's opinions. We so you can do say it's wrong all certain. you want, but that is your we opinion. We do know and for this certain. this is where I get very sensitive the, about it. Ma- I don't Michelle, like people attacking I, a- a- religious communities and hold saying on, what they on. believe is wrong. Hold on. We don't honestly Okay, So, know. so hold on. Yeah,
1: hold Michelle? on, Carl. Hang on. Hang on a second, Carl. Uh, yeah. And then I'll give you the last word. So, Michelle, here's why I make that statement. <laughs> I have spoken to... Pretty much every single person that is gay that I have spoken to, that I've met in my life, sometimes I have these conversations with these people, very personal conversations because I want to learn. And I don't have these conversations with people that are straight, whether it be a priest or a rabbi, because I don't care what they have to say. Because if they're straight, their opinion doesn't matter to me when it comes to this issue. I speak to people who are gay. And I haven't spoken to one person in my life. And I've spoken to many people who are gay, many of whom are very close friends of mine. And they all tell me the same thing. I knew I was gay when I was four or five years old, six years old. To me, that's what forms my opinion based on the people who are gay that I talk to. Uh, yeah, I suppose you can find a few people out there. I gave exceptions to certain sure. t- where, where, yeah, it was a choice. But I haven't spoken to one man in my life that is gay that said, you know what? I used to be attracted to women and I just woke up one day and I spoke to God and he said, you know what? I'm attracted to men now. It just doesn't work that way. Well,
2: I've not met anyone who said that either. But right. I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is, is that let's not attack, reli- just, just like you wouldn't want anyone attacking the Jewish religion. You don't want anyone attacking the Oh, I don't, the attack. I don't have a problem with people attacking. I don't have
1: a problem. Well,
2: I do. because I don't have I'm a problem at, with that. There's a lot of
1: things in the Jewish religion that are wrong and, also.
2: And <laughs> I just don't think it is right at all. To say. We don't know for a fact. We don't know. That's a beautiful thing when we all get to heaven, we get to ask Jesus questions. Well, the, the people
1: who are gay know, don't but, they? Don't they know?
2: But we don't. I don't. I don't. You don't,
1: right? You're straight, and I'm straight. I understand that. I I am All I'm simply saying is, the people that are gay. Don't you think they know?
2: I I do, and that's something I struggle with a lot. So if they okay, so let's go with that.
1: If if they do know, and I agree with you on that, we agree. Then why not listen to them? to form, wh- why make your own opinion based on something you read in a book? Well,
2: I don't think you make your own opinion based on something. I'm not making my opinion based you on something. You get this, my so, point. I, I, I do get what you're trying to say. I'm saying this is a very, um, slippery slope, though, because yeah. at the end of the day, people believe what they believe. And there's people who believe that, um, you know, it's a choice. There's people who believe sure. that they're born this way. And there's a lot of religious conviction in all of that. Yep. And it's all at the end of the day, if we're really honest, it's opinion because we don't know for sure. I don't believe any scientists. Have you and me. And said,
1: you and me. It's an opinion. Yes. In fact, actually, there are doctors and scientists that have said what I am saying. If you, if you look it up, they'll say yes. I don't
2: know that they've said that there's like a, it is a chemical.
1: No, it's a chemical difference. It comes to estrogen. Okay. And testosterone. Uh, There are doctors and brilliant scientists that have spoken about this. You are right in the sense that it's your opinion. It's my opinion. All I'm saying is I form my opinion based on human beings that are gay and the information that they gave me. But anyway, we could leave it at that. Sure, it's an sure. interesting conversation. Uh, no question about that. And to close, I, we will reach agreement here and Michelle and I both agree. This is a good thing for the country. This bill that was passed.
2: And I just want to say, I personally love the LGBTQ community. As do I. And I have As many I. friends in the LGBTQ community. And I'm not trying to say that, like, oh, I have friends in the LGBTQ community. No, means.
1: I know. I know that. <laughs> I wasn't
2: trying to pull that. But I do yeah. think it's good. I mean, I've talked to you a lot about my friend Eric Sorensen, who's the newly elected congressman sure. for Illinois, who's sure. the first LGBTQ member. Absolutely. Who's representing I mean, I do love and care sure. for this community. A great. I know field. you do. I would never so say otherwise. I don't want people just. I know you're those not assumption.
1: I know you're not one of those people. I don't think anybody's making those assumptions i am making those assumptions with those that voted no i, I am doing that i know because i know you would not have I voted i just
2: wanted to reiterate that for people who come you in would not admit it. Can
1: can we agree that you would not have voted that way
2: i don't believe i would have voted that yes. way i believe i would I, have that voted That does not for surprise 110 a and
1: that does not surprise me
2: probably would have taken a lot of heat from a lot of christians and i probably would have really had no. to explain myself even with the church that i'm a part of mm. i probably would have had mm. to have done that mm. and i would have been okay there's a with jewish
1: that. term with those people you know what we call those people i don't know yentas it's a Jewish term.
2: Oh, I thought yentas Crazy. meant like you matchmake. make.
1: No. That's definitely, <laughs> I
2: did not that's, know that's definitely what
1: that not what that means. Yeah. Don't it's call not. people, don't call people yentas okay. if, if they're, if they're dating each other no. and they're a good match. I have that's Jewish
2: blood <laughs> but like no knowledge of any Jewish. By the Jewish way, I experience. will say this.
1: Um, uh, you had mentioned, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want people making anti-Semitic comments, but I have major issues with the Jewish religion. I'll give you a few quick examples before we go to break. And it's very similar. They, they, Men and women can't be next to each other in synagogue. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever. You're, you're, you're downplaying women and you're degrading women by putting them on the side and putting the men in front. That is disgusting. Okay, uh, you can't touch a woman during certain times of the month, and they put and sheets the ones over them. Once
2: you have to wear the wigs. Listen, like, let me oh tell you. God.
1: Let me tell you what that is. And by the way, I'm not That's just religion. Not just talking about Jewish religion in general. These are mentally ill people. When you are that religious that you will go on the side of a road and and call, and make homophobic slurs because it's your religion, or you need to segregate, segregate men and women, um, When you need to do these types of things, you are mentally ill. In the Jewish religion, the ultra-religious Jewish people, they don't drive on the Sabbath, which is Friday night and Saturday. And listen, I'll bring my mom into this. I don't care. My dad's not like this. I said, Mom, are you mentally ill? And maybe some people. Is your
2: mom an Orthodox Jew?
1: She's religious. She's religious, but not Orthodox. But no, she picks and chooses, right? And and I'm like, Mom, you're not going to drive on Saturday. Do you think God would want you not to be with your son and drive to dinner somewhere? I said, what is wrong with you? You know, I try to get to her and maybe. And, and listen, people are entitled to do what they want, but I just find that if there is a God out there, he wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to go out there, and enjoy driving a vehicle, drive to dinner, use electricity. Uh, the Amish people, again, very nice people, very hardworking people. I respect that. But not using electricity?
2: Yeah, I know. I couldn't do I'm it. I'm
1: sorry, but uh, I'm just you know. Do you see
2: how many electrical devices I have around me right now? <laughs> yes. you think I might be freaking Amish? No uh, way. And am I going to shave my head and wear a wig? Hey, uh-uh. <laughs>
1: easy with the easy with the shaving the head stuff. Okay, <laughs> sorry, easy, sorry, Easy, on sorry. That. But Don't you're
2: it, not you're not shaving your head. Me for... and Mark.
1: Me and Mark. Uh, you can't. <laughs> you just you just offended okay, us right okay. now. Okay, <laughs> okay.
2: I just I just stepped in it big time. Is it time yeah, for a yeah, commercial? Yeah, yet? let's
1: take a commercial break. You're, now you now you're now you're going after the bald community. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my god, that's terrible. I'm gonna call. Larry David on you. All right, we're (laughs) going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, the word sedition comes to mind, talking about some members of the Oath Keepers, a a hate group, when it comes to January 6th. I'll explain coming back. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
2: Went a little long (laughs) there.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premiere Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskowitz. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years and prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskow representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody it's brian shapiro from pushing the limits i want to tell you guys about sahara west urgent care and wellness they're conveniently located on the southwest corner of sahara and jones they're open monday through friday 9 a.m to 9 p.m and saturday 9 a.m to 5 p.m At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702 248 0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call 702 248 0554 welcome back everybody it is pushing the limits on a wednesday so glad you could join us. really nice day out there too i'm gonna hit some golf balls after the show i'm gonna play a little golf that's my exercise michelle that's what i do yeah it's really sad uh you know but hey i weighed myself yesterday Women don't like talking about and their you weight.
2: Probably lost a ton of think you're, think like, I, <laughs> you're like I ate all my Thanksgiving and I lost twelve pounds. I think right? it's
1: stress. I think I think stress is the best way to lose weight. But I weighed myself. I've been close to two hundred pounds in my life. I'm hundred and eighty pounds right now, and I say, well, that makes sense. I'm I'm living a great diet of McDonald's, fast food, Taco Bell. I had last night. Uh, I drank way too much soda. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol much at all. Um, but I'm only 180 pounds. I'm like, boy, I, I got to give other people this amazing diet that I have because it seems to be working. Yeah, I actually, just make sure you have a lot of stress in your life, and you'll be okay. I
2: actually hate <laughs> men like you because you're like all the men who are like, yeah, I don't understand. I just eat McDonald's every day and I drink, and I keep losing weight. Yeah. I'm so skinny. Whereas, you know, I yeah. look at a McDonald's ad yeah. on TV <laughs> and I've gained 12 pounds. So you yeah. are actually like, I hate people. You
1: like think you. my da- diet's bad? Wait till you see Chris Wynn's diet if you think. Oh, my diet's bad. <laughs>
2: he add in like he you know, makes me look skinny, yeah. so bring on. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna tell Chrissy. Oh, I'm gonna tell Chrissy said that anyway. I know you. are. Really, Chris that, is
2: gonna be in the like group chat. I hate that's you, really Michelle.
1: that's really any that's really funny. I want to tell you guys about uh, Sahara West Urgent Primary Care. They're located at Sahara and Jones, right down the street from the station here. Actually, uh, they are so awesome. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. We were just talking about estrogen and testosterone. They pumped me up with some testosterone, man. Hey, I heard that could help you lose weight. So uh, it's really helped me out a lot. <laughs> Uh, their number 702-248-0554 you could also visit them online at sahara west com. they take most insurances and here's the best part if you don't have insurance 95 bucks how cool is that check them out sahara west urgent and primary care so michelle over the since the january 6th insurrection and i'm laughing about this because again it's the hypocrisy and how the alt right uh, echo chamber radio shows seem to get it wrong all the time A lot of these shows and these TV analysts, when talking about January 6th, they always, to this day really, seem to want to defend the 900 people that have been convicted of crimes that day. And a lot of the argument that I heard from just despicable human beings like Mark Levin, where's the sedition? Where's the sedition? I'm the great one. Who has been charged with sedition? There's no sedition. I've been hearing that day in and day out. Buffoons who don't know what they're talking about. So to prove, but, but my- you're
2: bringing up like the worst of the worst, like Mark Levin is he the is most the worst. annoying, annoying. <laughs> but Michelle, he's the great ever. one, Michelle. What are you he's talking about? He's not the great one. According though. to Sean Hannity, I, he's the great I know, one. No, but I mean, God, he's
1: the great bald idiot. That's I, what he is. And no, I'm not talking about I, me, by I'm the way. I'm the great one, or Mark. <laughs>
2: Mark's got an annoying voice. He's whining. Mark Levin. And Mark Levin. Okay, yeah, not Mark. No, 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 not Mark. Mark
1: Hayes, the oh program director. No, I just no, want to be. No, no, don't no. talk about Marquez oh like that. What, what's wrong with you?
2: <laughs> Mark Levin is also bald, though. So, like, I'm That's in
1: everywhere, true. right? He's now. also a bald faced liar. <laughs> so, anyway, here's a little montage we put together here, short montage of some of the right wing echo chamber people like the Mark Levins of the world who were talking about sedition not that long ago. Have a listen to this.
0: a nobody. So why do they keep calling it an insurrection?
1: They're building a gigantic case for insurrection, yet no one in particular has been charged with that. Am I correct?
0: No. No one has been charged with insurrection or sedition. You do not have charges for insurrection, sedition, rebellion, the type of language that we often hear. Do you know how many people have been charged with inciting insurrection or sedition or treason or domestic terrorism no, I- as a result of anything?
1: Zero.
0: Oh, it was an insurrection. So how many of the participants in that insurrection have been charged with insurrecting, with sedition, with treason?
1: Zero. Okay, uh, you know, let's discuss that. I'll answer Tucker Carlson's question and Mark Levin and all these people. Well, Tucker, white supremacist Tucker, um, Oathkeepers leader Stuart Rhodes and fellow group member Kelly Meggs. Were just found guilty of seditious conspiracy Tuesday as a jury reached a verdict in this historic criminal trial of five alleged leaders of the right wing militia group. Rhodes and Beggs and three other defendants, Jessica Watkins, Harrelson and Caldwell, were also convicted of obstructing an official proceeding, which is also a very serious crime. The Justice Department alleged that the Oath Keepers conspired to forcibly stop the peaceful transfer of presidential power from then President Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The first of three seditious conspiracy cases set to start this year was a major test of the Justice Department's ability to hold January 6th riders accountable. Now, will Tucker Carlson go on the air tonight and say, Oh, I was wrong. Let's cover this story. There's two people, at least at a minimum, that have just been Convicted, not just charged, of seditious sedition. Will Mark Levin go on the radio today, besides talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and how terrible Joe Biden is? Will will the great one go on the radio today and be honest and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I didn't think anybody would be convicted of seditious behavior. I was wrong. No. The right-wing echo chambers, including those in this town like Wayne Allen Cook and Kevin Wall and, you know, Allen Stock... You think they're going to cover this story? The answer is no. They're going to continue to go after Joe Biden and Democrats, but they're going to avoid stories like this. Wayne Allen Kook isn't going to be talking about this. Why? Because it makes Donald Trump look bad. Because it makes all the Republicans out there look bad, those that said on the air consistently, like the Clay Travises of the world, that nobody's going to be convicted of seditious activity. Clay Travis went on the air, another despicable human being who took over for Rush Limbaugh. Another another one, another beauty, as Trump would say. Clay Travis went on the air during COVID and said he didn't think more than a 100 people would die of COVID. He said that consistently on the air. Has Clay Travis ever gone on the air and said, you know what, I was wrong. Millions of people have died from this horrible virus. No, of course not, because he's despicable. And And Michelle, this is just another example of Republicans that are on the air a lot of them that i just played for you that are some of the biggest i think we would agree tucker carlson huge ratings mark levin has a lot of ratings the great one as some people would call him i call him the great idiot that said that where is it where's the sedition where is it well we have a few examples right here
2: don't we why don't they admit that they were wrong um well most people don't admit when they're wrong <laughs> um, i also think that they had history to to kind of back them up and say it was very unlikely. So the last time the government won a guilty verdict before the other day on a charge of sedition was back in 1995 when there was a prosecution of Islamic militants who plotted to bomb New York City landmarks just four months after the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. So getting a sedition, uh, guilty charge or, uh, you know, is, is not something that happens every day. It's not neither was terribly, it an insurrection. Not, it's not terribly common. And so I, I think at the end of the day, you know, news let's reported that it happened there's the guilty they haven't been uh, they haven't been uh, sentenced yet we don't know how long the sentence they're going to get in the news cycle I've spent my entire life in TV news this is literally a 30 second story maybe you've got a sot in there and it becomes a one-minute story and it's they were found guilty the sentencing happens in 65 days and you move on it's really not that sal- I know it's salacious to you but even like people on this feed that I, where we're live people are like ah who cares about that it's but like, they want to
1: yeah. but 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 you think uh, we should talk hours about Hunter Biden's Laptop. I, that's I actually, a bigger story.
2: I actually don't because I think that's really boring. Then why too. is Fox ah!
1: uh, Well, here's the thing. First of all, Hunter Biden is a private citizen. Um, that's number one. Regardless of whether he's the son of the president, here's why I think this is an important story. Because Republicans, not all, but many who are on the air continue to downplay what took place on January sixth. That was an attempt to overthrow our government. Okay, I overthrow democracy. With what do you
2: mean? I, I think people are not downplaying it anymore, and I don't think I know you love to talk about Donald Trump because you you hate Donald Trump. I didn't even bring I, up I Donald Trump. I, but it, it's it's going to happen. Come on. Come on. We're talking about January sixth. <laughs> I'm talking about the 900 people
1: that were convicted, and those people that were chanting, "Hang Mike Pence." Those who assaulted officers, people died that day. They we
2: were hardcore Trump supporters who were doing what they thought Trump was telling them that they could do. And at the end of the day, the Trump support has diminished greatly. Um, you know, here in Las Vegas, we just had that big event with all the Jewish coalition, uh, the ICANN event, where people who would bring up, when Chris Christie's bringing up uh, Donald Trump, people are booing and, and saying they don't want him. There has been a huge, huge turn on Donald Trump. Donald Trump is no longer as popular. Donald Trump is no longer the savior of this party. I don't even know that he's the leader of this party anymore. Anymore. okay but whether a whether huge change so whether views of donald okay Trump. well
1: i hope you're right but whether that's true or not the fact of the matter is is that there are still many republican talking heads on tv and radio that still downplay what happened on january 6 there's no question about it there are still people in office that say the majority of those people it was just a tourist visit there are people like marjorie taylor green and those within the republican party that want to go look into the way people were treated that were already convicted on January 6th, of very serious crimes. There are a ton in your party that are in office right now that are defending those that are behind bars, but never, ever bringing up any type of responsibility to why it happened and Donald Trump. So that is why I continue to talk about this. If Republicans just stood up, and said, you know what, this was an awful day for this country, Donald Trump has to bear some responsibility, he did not win the 2020 election, he needs to stop inciting violence, he incited violence that day, those people need to be punished to the full extent of the law, then we wouldn't have to continue to talk about it. But it's why Stephen Miller just, uh, you know, spoke in front of a grand jury. It's why Meadows, who tried to block everything because he doesn't want to testify, he's now going to have to testify. It's why we had the January 6th commission, because so many Republicans out there don't want to know the truth. The Jim Jordans and the Matt Gates is out there and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Lauren Boeberts, they don't want to know the answer as to why it happened and it's very clear why january 6th happened to anybody who has an iq over 20 in my opinion which is this if donald trump didn't say that the 2020 election was stolen he didn't call democrats cheaters and he didn't lie and say joe biden you know was not the president and that he won the election in a landslide january 6th does not happen if he didn't sit what what happened here all right i don't know what just happened there that was donald trump i think uh if he didn't do any of those things this doesn't happen he doesn't have to say i want you to go in there and storm the Capitol and defecate on nancy pelosi's desk i want you to hang mike pence he didn't have to say those things in order to incite violence if republicans would just own that like mccarthy did that day by the way if you remember the coward uh, mccarthy said that donald trump should bear responsibility for what happened i was shocked that he said that and then a couple of days later he knew that would hurt him politically if he kept on that narrative they are cowards And that is why we call this out. And that is why I'm talking about these Oath Keepers, because the cowards like Mark Levin and the liars like Tucker Carlson continued to go on the air since January 6th saying, where's the seditious charges? Where's the convictions? It it didn't happen. Nobody did that. Well, that's not true. So get on the air now and say, and be a human being and be honest and say, all right, I was wrong. Well, everybody, all those 900 people uh, did not get uh, sedition charges. These people did, and they should be called out for it. And they're scum. And by the way, even these oath keepers that were convicted, even their attorneys, while they said they were going to appeal, they, they, they also they said they got a fair trial. And you still see these right wing nuts. Oh, it happened in D.C. They didn't get a fair trial. Their own attorneys say they got a fair trial. Just I just want people to call out what is the obvious. That was an embarrassing day for this country. A lot of 140 officers were hurt. People died that day. And Ashley Babbitt, I'm sorry, she deserved what she got. Was well, that's
2: a, a horrible thing to say.
1: Uh, no, it's not a. Horrible thing to say. In my opinion, it's not a horrible thing to say. When you're that dumb, that you're was, not, ugh. you're not only going to storm a Capitol. She had at least fifteen seconds after it was stated that there was a gun pointed at the crowd. She didn't stop. She tried to break through that glass window or whatever it was. If you're that stupid, and listen, I feel bad for her family and friends. But if you're that stupid that you would do something like that, you get what's coming to you, man. Especially when somebody says there's a gun and she had ample time to see it it was pointed right at her so listen Ashley Babbitt is probably still alive today if Donald Trump doesn't say the election was stolen if he didn't lie and he continues to lie today now I know you're not a Trump supporter anymore that one time you were I know you're not now but there are a lot of people in this country that still will do and say anything for Donald Trump Am I, I, wrong?
2: I just I actually I do believe those numbers are dwindling greatly. Um, w- another great example of that is, you know, when he had his big announcement that Tuesday before Thanksgiving um, at Mar-a-Lago that like I'm running for president mm-hmm. and nobody of importance showed up. The idiot Madison Cawthorn showed up. That was it. No other Did members. He really? Co- yeah, he was there. No other members of Congress were there. Was he? Um, was
1: he coming from an orgy? Or? At,
2: at the uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jeez, let's not. Let's just not. Let's just not. Um, at the big, uh, you know, Jewish coalition event that we just had here in Las Vegas. I mean, yep. you had everybody and their brother here, and everyone and everyone and the Jewish. Uh, that same organization just came out and, and condemned Trump once again for his meeting with Kanye and and that other idiot Nick. What's his name?
3: Fuentes, so yeah.
2: uh, at, at the end of the. I, I can tell you this. As an active Republican, the the sentiment there is a there is a small minority base that still thinks he's the best, he's the best, he's the best. But the majority of people have already put their focus on Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the future of the party. Ron DeSantis is the leader of this party. It is not Donald Trump. The few Donald Trump holdouts are these Donald Trump holdouts. And they're not the people who are like involved. the
1: speaker, McCarthy?
2: I don't think McCarthy is a big Trump supporter. Are you kidding me? No, he's not. That's ridiculous. Then why does he kiss the ring
1: of Trump? Why isn't he honest? Why is it that he... he,
2: When did he kiss the ring of Trump recently? He wasn't at his little presidential announcements. I'll
1: give you an example. If you
2: can give me an example in the last two months where he's been kissing the ring of Trump, I'll I'll listen. Sure.
1: So as you had mentioned, Donald Trump decided to have a dinner with Kanye West or Yee. I'm just going to call him the anti-Semite piece of garbage yee yay whatever the hell he wants to call himself who has said some just and continues to by the way he's on a tour of continuing to say disparaging things about people of the jewish faith and this guy fuentes who is a, a, a holocaust denier forget about even being an election denier a holocaust denier who right. is a known white supremacist mm. donald trump decides to have dinner with these two now Anybody who knows anything about security, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday who uh, is in this field. You are vetted. There is a background check. You can't just sit and have dinner with the former president. Doesn't matter if you're Kanye West or anybody. You are vetted. Donald Trump absolutely knew who this person was. And here's my problem with people like McCarthy. They wait a few days. They don't speak out right away. If Barack Obama was seen at a dinner with somebody like that, McCarthy would have been the first one to call it out before being asked a question. So what does McCarthy do? Waits a couple days. Silence. Silence from many in the Republican Party. And then at a press conference, he was asked. And yes, he denounced white supremacy, as did Mitch McConnell, because it's indefensible, of course. And he gave about a 10 or 15 second answer. And he said, well, Trump said he didn't know who he was. Now that is BS. If you're a true leader and you don't want to kiss the ring of Donald Trump and you care more about reality and what's going on in your party rather than just being in power which clearly that's all that mccarthy cares about here's the way you answer that question besides saying what he said even though clump trump claimed i called him crump even though trump claimed that he didn't know who this guy fuentes was i'm not buying it and that is not an excuse but mccarthy didn't do that he again defended donald trump to an extent at least mcconnell i
2: think that's your opinion that's what you're interpreting it i well, don't think
1: trump he- said he doesn't know who he is so let's just believe him i mean that's not appropriate I'm sorry, that's not appropriate. And by the way, it's not true. But the only time McCarthy spoke about it, and it was like for 15 seconds, right? He'd rather talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Was when asked about it, would it have been so difficult? Would it have been if a Democrat did this? I would have said the same thing about anybody within the Democratic Party that's a leader, whether it be Pelosi or anybody. Why do you have to be asked about it? Why not just hold a press conference? Or why not even go on Twitter and say, in a couple sentences, what Donald Trump did was appalling. This has no place within the party and and it's wrong and it's horrible and Trump used horrible judgment. I'm glad McConnell took it a step further even though I'm not a Mitch McConnell fan, I know you're not. He took it a step further and at least he said anybody who's hanging out with and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said anybody who's hanging out with these types of people will not be our president in 2024. I'm glad he said that.
2: I don't- Love or hate Mitch, by the way. I just he's just sometimes he's wishy washy. Why did
1: why I hear you, I agree. (laughs) But why do why does McCarthy and why do these leaders of the Republican Party, why do they have to be asked? Why can't they just say what is absolutely true and evident? It's despicable. This is who Donald Trump is. Remember back in 2016? Donald Trump said he didn't know who David Duke was. All you had to do was do a little research. Trump made media appearances talking about David Duke. He knew exactly who he was. But the second David Duke says something positive about Donald Trump, it could be somebody with the last name Hitler. It could be an evil, murderous dictator like Kim Jong-un. As long as you say something nice about Donald Trump, he's not going to say anything bad about you. Vladimir Putin is another perfect example of that. Writing love letters to Kim Jong-un. David Duke said nice things about Donald Trump when he was running for president in 2016. So all of a sudden, Donald Trump is going to say, oh, I don't know who this guy is. He's doing the same thing with this guy, Fuentes. How could anybody believe him when he says he doesn't know who he is? He knows exactly who he is. This is who Donald Trump is, and these are the people he hangs out with.
2: I don't think anybody believes that Donald Trump didn't know who the fool is. Now, I will admit that I didn't know who the fool was. When it came out that there was like Trump had meeting with Nick Fuentes, I'm like, who the fudge is Nick Fuentes? I did not know. I had to Google it, and I was like, oh. Now you know. (laughs) Now I know, but I I will be honest. I did not. And that's because, you know what? I don't pay attention to freak shows. I I give them no attention and I did not know who they are. And I do not associate with Trump. Do
1: you agree with me that I think that. Why is it that Trump always seems to do the opposite of what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to say, for example,
2: because he's an egomaniac narcissist who cannot control himself. That is really the ultimate problem with him.
1: Well, let me ask you this. All Trump had to do was say, even if he's lying, gosh, this guy, Nick Fuentes, I didn't know his history. Uh, being a Holocaust denier and being a white supremacist is awful. It's yep. terrible. That's what he should have said. I would have never had dinner with this man if I knew what he stood for. Instead, what does Donald Trump say? All he says is, oh, I didn't know who he was. All he has to do is denounce it, the white supremacist, his I opinions. Agreed.
2: But that's and, not who Donald Trump is. That's, not- why does he always do the wrong thing? I don't know I, because <laughs> I think for most people it's easy to – like if I if I was ac- accidentally – you know how you go to dinner with people and sometimes people show up you know, don't know and then somebody goes like, oh my god, Michelle, this person you had dinner with is a huge white supremacist. I would be like right. – I didn't know. I'm so appalled. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Yeah. That's who I am, and that's how I would respond. That is not who Donald Trump is. You know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. He never handles any of these things terribly well. What's really interesting to me is that Kanye also admits that he set this up, and that he's working with this guy named uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, another you know nut job. Dude? Yes, I and, know. And I guess Yiannopoulos is like kind of running his presidential campaign, yep. and Kanye I'm also. Getting hot I'm getting hot. You. You're getting Might hot. I, you are getting you got to take off the hat. If I, I show did, my bald no, head, no, you, you uh, could show the bald persp- head perspiration. Um and views <laughs> might go up in, on Twitter if we show the bald head. So let's do it. Um, you know, but also Yiannopoulos is like, I'm running uh Kanye's uh, presidential campaign and he asked Trump to be his vice president. <laughs> he asked Trump to be on his freaking ticket. <gasps> All I can say is, God, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when this stuff happened because I want to know what the reaction was when Kanye asked him that. But like,
1: I don't, okay, let me ask, <laughs> let me, let me take this a step further. Let's just say, cause I voted for Joe Biden. If Joe Biden had dinner with a white supremacist, if Joe Biden did 1% of some of the awful things that Donald Trump has done in his behavior, I would sit here and I would say, gosh, I'm embarrassed that I voted for this guy. I'm embarrassed. Now, I know you are not a Trump supporter anymore, and I know there's a lot of people out there like you. I get it. Are you embarrassed that you voted for this guy? You voted for him twice, right?
2: Yes. Are, does,
1: are, are, are you embarrassed that you voted for him?
2: I'm not embarrassed that in, 20, in November 2016 and in November 2020, I voted for him. Remember, I've been very clear. My real frustration and breaking point with Donald Trump was starting in about Late November, early December 2020, mm-hmm. January 2021, I kind of lost it. And then since then, it's just been a continual downhill spiral for mm. me. And I guess that's why I say, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very connected Republican. I've ran for Congress. I'm very connected to the Republican Party and most of the, the Republicans in the state. And I'm connected with many members of Congress who aren't in this great state of Nevada. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I don't know a lot of people who are supporting donald trump right now the majority of people mm-hmm. are against trump
1: let me ask right you now. another question okay i appreciate that. your honesty i know you don't like joe biden i know you no,
2: don't. i don't okay hold on Hear <laughs> me out
1: i know you don't like his policies i nope. don't think for you it's personal it's just you don't like his policies okay i understand that with that being said if joe biden runs against donald trump in 2024 knowing what you know about donald trump hanging out with white supremacists right, mingling with these people and all the terrible things that he says on a regular basis, still saying that he won the 2020 election, taking no ownership for the midterm elections, nothing. He takes no responsibility for anything. If it is Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, would you vote for Donald Trump?
2: I can't tell you exactly what I would do two years from now in November of 2024. But I think it might be one of the first... And only times I may just abstain. Okay. Well, that was my next question. Yeah. I'm not even saying I, you. I, I can't, I can't promise I'm not you, even saying you, I don't have a crystal ball and I certainly can't go into the future, but I wish right. I could. I'm
1: not even saying you <laughs> have to vote for Joe Biden. I'm just I saying. Won't, I won't vote I'm for
2: Joe saying, Biden. I'm there just saying. There's no part of me that will vote for Joe Biden. No point for me. And, and I think it will be Joe Biden. I don't think it's going to be Gavin Newsom. He says he's not running.
1: Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, three months ago, Michelle, And I still feel this way, by the way. I really don't want Joe Biden to run again. Yeah. But I got to tell you, three months ago, I wouldn't have said this. Before they raided his home and all this this dinner – I would have said, gosh, I'm, I'm really afraid if Joe Biden runs against Donald Trump, I, I think Trump can win. I got to tell you something. I'm changing my opinion now. I think if Joe Biden runs again, he will defeat Donald Trump again.
2: I think so too. And yeah. it stresses but me. But I out.
1: didn't say that three or four so months ago.
2: I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that Ron DeSantis is the guy. And if Ron DeSantis doesn't run, I don't know I don't who think I'm I think DeSantis get will be Trump. I really don't. I, I think he will. I do because I, I believe, think it'll be
1: entertaining. I believe.
2: <laughs> Again, it all comes down to who's going to vote in these caucuses and these primaries, right? So do I think that DeSantis could win in Iowa? I do. Do I think DeSantis could win in New Hampshire? I do. South Carolina? Not so sure. Nevada? Not so So
1: you sure. think if it is DeSantis, which I don't think it will be, I think Trump will be the nominee. Uh, and even though we got a long way to go and we don't know who their vice president, uh, you know, would, would be, you're saying, you know, you think Ron DeSantis would be Joe Biden pretty handily
2: hundred yeah. percent
1: okay well i don't know i don't know i don't think ron DeSantis has done himself any, any favors the last several months with some oh, of I his think actions he's done a
2: lot of favors for him. well i, I don't think, I think not is. for
1: those migrants putting put on a plane I, to martha's I, vineyard I, I don't think, think he did only much for you them were
2: offended by that and hardcore democrats are offended by that i disagree i, I don't with think the majority of people are offended by that well i don't I know that um impeaching mayorkas is the way to go um because I think that will just end up being political theater, yeah. so that frustrates me it, that that push to to impeach orchestra frustrates me the The situation at the border is abhorrent and horrible, and it needs to be addressed. I'm tired. Of stunts. I'm tired of political theater. Like earlier today, was it earlier today or yesterday? McCarthy goes, "So Biden, will you come down with me to the border?" That's a political freaking stunt. Just stop it. But don't you also? So
1: am I. But don't you think it's a stunt when you give a bunch of migrants a bunch of pamphlets with lies in it, getting on a plane to go to Martha's Vineyard? Isn't that the definition of what a political stunt
2: is? No, I think going to the border and showcase and that's also a stunt. Whether you're AOC and you're down there crying at the Order, or whether you're Kevin McCarthy going all the freaking time okay, now. Fine. I think it's all stunts.
1: That, that is a stunt. I agree with you. I'm just saying, don't you think it's also a stunt what Ron
2: DeSantis did? I don't think that's what, I don't think what Ron DeSantis did was a stunt simply because we have this great divide in this country of cities and states that have said, I want to be a sanctuary city so migrants come here And, and Florida is not one of those states, so yes let's send the migrant, hey, if we're going to have this open border and we're just going to let everybody and their brother come on through, well then they better be going to sanctuary states. And I say that with great hesitation because freaking Nevada is a sanctuary state. So what
1: was the reason then why you would give people a bunch of pamphlets that are I don't f-
2: believe the pamphlets were a lie. I know well, you they don't were. believe the pamphlets they were, were lie. I think this is just a point that we have to agree to disagree. Okay. Well, because, they were, but uh, because we get, but
1: but but, but not, okay. But, let, uh, but let's again, forget this about.
2: A, this is bad radio when we fight. Like well, this. Let, let's let's forget about.
1: <laughs> that's debatable, but let's forget about the pamphlet for a moment. You mean to tell me that Ron DeSantis taking in a bunch of migrants, including a pregnant woman and a, and a young child, a three year old, putting them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard? Not talking about Boston, okay? We're talking about Martha's Vineyard. That that wasn't a political stunt. I Is that not, what you're saying? I do
2: not believe that because okay. Bo- Joe Biden has been flying people all over the country to New York. And in New York, you've got migrant camps that are out there that people are getting like free popcorn and, and Game Boys. Well, not Game Boys. No one has a Game Boy anymore. Uh, a Switch. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, obviously, we we completely disagree on that. Uh, and I would also say when if uh, when Joe Biden has sent... Uh, planes with migrants in them to New York. It was because he wanted them to get the best care that they could get. Sending uh, a group of migrants, Ron DeSantis knew, he's not stupid, I've never said that about him, he knew that if he sent a bunch of migrants to Martha's Vineyard, they would not have the proper channels they would not have shelters and things put in place for them to be taken care of. It's why the good people at Martha's Vineyard sent them to other places in Massachusetts where they could be taken care of. That is the definitive difference between Joe Biden sending a bunch of migrants to New York and Ron DeSantis sending a bunch of migrants to Martha's Vineyard. That is the big difference here. And I think it's an important difference. And that is why I say what Ron DeSantis did was a political stunt and political theater. If you disagree with me, that's fine. But I would like you to come up with an example of, was he really helping anybody by doing that? Because I do believe when Joe Biden sends migrants to New York, those people are cared for and helped. And even though those people in Martha's Vineyard for the time were taken to a better place and helped, I don't believe that's what Ron DeSantis wanted. For I
2: don't believe that migrants are being helped on the regular. To be perfectly honest with you, we've got a real crisis, particularly on the border of Texas. You've got a real crisis in places like Eagle Pass and El Paso and other cities where there we are in crisis mode because too many people are crossing over, and that's a real problem. And no one is truly addressing that. Okay, right so now. Re- so it's okay, you know, whether we want to call what Ron DeSantis did a stunt or not is irrelevant because the real problem is what's going on in our freaking border. Okay. The real problem is that people think Title 42. I think it is on December first. Tw- uh, Uh, 21st is going to be overturned and states like arizona and new mexico and texas don't know what they're going to do as a result of it is the pandemic over a hundred percent should it probably be stopped yes but we don't have any tools at the moment to handle the situation at the border so we've got real problems let's stop talking about semantics if we're going to make real change then let's get to the heart of the issue. you're
1: making my point for me (laughs) we do have a crisis at the border and as the governor of florida you don't handle a crisis by sending a bunch of migrants to Martha's Vineyard.
2: I don't agree that I'm making your point for you, but I well, do you agree are. that— Well, you What's I, his solution? His solution is Send to migrants the to- border and let's do the amnesty program as it should be, or I'm sorry, not amnesty, the asylum program, where you must come through a port of entry. You can't just cross—that's oh, the way the asylum system works. You go at a port of entry. It's been that way. It's been the law for a long, 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 long time, longer than you and I have been alive.
1: I want Republicans and Democrats to come to the table and come up with solutions. Amen. The problem I hear from people like Ron DeSantis and many Republicans is they want to complain about the border, but they have no solution. But
2: neither does the Biden administration. I
1: didn't say they had all the solutions either. uh, The
2: the truth of the matter is neither side has a solution and neither side wants a solution. Because political theater benefits both sides more.
1: I understand. All I'm simply saying is putting a bunch of migrants on a plane to Martha's Vigard is not going to change anything. In fact, it's going to make it worse and get people upset.
2: As but, is letting millions of people cross our border illegally every single day. is not going to change the problem. I'm, it's just going to make it worse. I'm pretty... So at the end of the day, we can tit for tat on all of them.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, I, I'm pretty confident that if you ask Joe Biden, are you okay with millions of people crossing the border illegally? I'm pretty sure he would say no. I, I don't the I problem, don't believe he
2: has said Okay, no. well, that's my, so, opi- uh,
1: that's my opinion. Uh, I don't think he wants people to come to this country illegally. Then
2: why this- isn't he stopping?
1: Uh, well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think Republicans and Democrats need to come together. This was we had we had we've had issues at the border. But, but he could for do decades. something to stop
2: it. So why isn't he? Because he just like Donald Trump is very much an executive order president. So he could do something to stop it. He is what? choosing not. To.
1: What do you think he should do?
2: I absolutely think we should put a halt on crossing the border at the moment. I think we need to we need to have more ICE. What do you mean put a halt? Order. We need to stop letting people come over for. A what bit. about we people
1: that are them. coming in with their visas? Just stop that no, too. That's
2: not coming over illegally, now is it? That's yeah, coming over. There are legally. people that overstay if they're their coming visas. Over, if you overstayed your visas, we don't have a way in this country at the moment to track where they are to deport to get them out. Shouldn't regular, we? We absolutely should. So why not and address why, that first? So, we we need to address all of it at the same time. You can't make this a pick a pick and choose. Well, I think we have you to can. Address overstaying your visas, you have to address. You have to have more uh, judges who are able to do the immigration court. You have to have more people in ICE. You have to have more people in border patrol. You have to have a secure border. There's a lot that needs to be done all at the same time. And we do need to address the people, the dreamers who have been here. And I know a lot of Republicans disagree with me on this one, but we do have to address the dreamer situation. Of course, because, a lot you know, of Republicans there is, disagree. There is a problem. <laughs> you cannot let someone who has been here since they were two months old and say, oh, go back to Mexico. Not cool, not okay. We have to come up with a program, and we also need to make becoming an American citizen far easier, because it is a long and drawn-out process that costs people hundreds of thousands of dollars. It takes them years to become a citizen for this country, and it's ridiculous. And there are more scam artists who are scamming these poor people, these, these fake lawyers who are scamming these people who want to genuinely become American citizens, and they need to be dealt with very, very harshly. And you will not find many republicans like myself who will say things like that and i have said it since the day i announced for running for congress
1: there are there are extremes on both sides when it comes to this issue i will give you a couple of examples i do not agree with some democrats that believe Mm -hmm. if you're undocumented you should be allowed to have a bank account you should be allowed to have a driver's license i just shouldn't be allowed to vote okay i i agree and I disagree with some Democrats when it comes to that. By the way, most Democrats don't feel that way. I also disagree with Republicans, some Republicans, that uh, believe that every single undocumented person in this country should be deported. That is ridiculous. And I think some of those Republicans want to, uh, are afraid that this country could be looking more brown. And they don't like that either. I said some, not all. Uh, there are people uh, on both sides that need to, uh, we need to get rid of the extremes. And yes, this is where we disagree as well. I don't think putting people on a plane to Martha's Vineyard um, is a solution to the problem. Republicans and Democrats need to come together. This is not just a Joe Biden problem. This is not just a Democrat problem. It's an American problem and it needs to be addressed. And until we stop the divisiveness... Yes, until we stop the divisiveness and work together to try to come up with solutions. I don't want to hear people complain about it. There are a lot of Republicans who feel the same way that are. Yes, but there are also Republicans where all they want to do is attack like the Jim Jordans of the world. He has zero solutions. He wants to attack the Biden administration with no solutions under. uh, And I understand more people have crossed the border illegally under Biden, but we still had a lot of drugs and a lot of people crossing the border illegally under Donald Trump, under George W. Bush. This is a problem that the country has had to face for decades, and it's not going to get better if we just attack one administration. By the way, I didn't blame Donald Trump for all the, you know, uh, undocumented workers crossing the country. Build a wall in Mexico is going to pay for it was a lie. He campaigned on that. We need to come together and come up with reasonable laws put in place. Let's treat these people with respect. Amen. Unfortunately, when you watch Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingraham every night, they paint these people out to be murderers and rapists. It was Donald Trump who said, quote, these people, they're rapists, they're bad people, and I suppose... Some of them are good people. No, Mr. Former President, most of these people are good people who want a better life for themselves. Yes, there is always going to be a small percentage of people that are you know, bad people that want to commit bad crimes. I don't want those people in this country, and I'm pretty confident most Democrats don't either. But we got to stop talking about these people like they're all bad people and criminals. I'm not saying you're doing that, and I'm not saying every Republican does that. But a lot of Republicans that are in office today do, and I'm tired of it. They want to take one or two stories, and they're terrible stories, right? of uh, someone who's undocumented that, that committed a horrendous crime, and they want to paint the picture of, oh, this wouldn't have happened if we had better border security. You are, per capita, have a better chance of being the victim of a crime from an American citizen than you do someone who is undocumented. So we got to stop that Fox News right-wing propaganda nonsense, just like we got to stop people on the far left saying that everyone should get amnesty, and they don't have to do anything. Let's give them a driver's license, give them a banking account. I try to be reasonable, but there's nobody... On TV or radio these days, like very few people that are willing to call out both sides and come to a conclusion. Attacking Joe Biden every day is not going to help. This has been a problem in this country for decades. I want a solution just like you do. But again, sending people to Martha's Vineyard ain't going to help. Giving everybody amnesty is not going to help. There needs to be middle ground. And there are not many politicians on both sides right now that are willing to do that. And that we're never going to get solutions to, to the problem. If this continues
2: I actually don't believe We are going to have Comprehensive immigration reform I don't think it's going to happen I think This is my biggest fear The Republicans have the House And this should be a time Where the Republicans come together And they get crap done mm-hmm. And what I'm afraid of Is they're going to have A bunch of Let's impeach Mayorkas Which is not the answer I think they're going to have A lot of Let's have all these Biden laptop You know uh, c- c- Committee meetings Or whatever uh, Trials And it's not going to Change anything And my biggest fear Is that in 2024, when it's re-election time, the Republicans are going to have had the House for two years and they're going to right. say, what did you do? And they're going to say, dang it, we didn't accomplish one darn thing. Can
1: I ask you about that? Because the first day that they took the House, they didn't talk about immigration. They didn't talk about the economy or gas price. You know what the first thing was that they did? Open up an investigation into Hunter Biden.
2: I And it frustrates me because at the end, and, and you know what's sad is when I see so many freshmen members of Congress, like people who were just elected on the Republican side, they say, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go there and I want to do exactly what my constituents voted me in for. I want to address the economy. I mean, if you look at the inflation numbers of what they're saying they think it's going to be happening in the inflation flight and it could last until 2024, Um, they we are like in a perfect storm with the way that credit is right now, the amount of credit debt that people have, the amount of layoffs that are happening, the lack of job growth, we have, new job numbers coming out later this week we are in a perfect storm for a really hellish 2023 and 2024 i feel that we need to focus on solutions more than ever before we know that gas prices are going to go up starting uh december 5th when the eu sanctions go in we know that gas prices are going to go up again on february 5th when new eu sanctions go in against russia we know that we're at the midst of possibly having a railroad strike things could get very very bad in this country very very quickly here's what i want
1: from republicans Republicans to
2: get crap done I are you're,
1: you're talking to an independent. I certainly lean to the left on a lot of social issues. But here's what I want to see from Republicans. I want to see them come up with solutions to the problems. If you really care about gas prices in the economy, I want to see you do something about it. But they haven't yet. All I, they, they complain about Joe Biden until the midterms. They complain about gas prices. They complain I'm about inflation. I'm not sure
2: in their defense, I'm not sure Republicans can do much about the gas price situation because a lot of it would be... So here's what I don't understand. Why is it okay to go get oil from dirty Venezuela, dirty non-green oil, as opposed to giving oil and gas companies more opportunities to uh, use the leases that they do have to explore those leases. They have 8,000 of them. They've got 9,000 leases, but yeah. the problem is that those 9,000 leases does not mean that they're active and up and running. Well, they're not. But
1: that's not Joe Biden's fault. No,
2: but it is because of the restrictions that he has put on through banking and otherwise that it's very difficult to get those leases to a place where they might produce. And just because you have a lease doesn't mean that lease will produce. So that is a lot. It's a misnomer. Did does Joe Biden have 9000 leases out there? He 100 percent does. But not all of those leases can produce. None of those leases are ready to go. Well, here's what I'll say to that. That's a problem. Here's what I'll
1: here's what I'll say to that, because we got to take a break. Um, There are Reasonable conversations that you know you can bring that up, and and those are reasonable conversations that I believe Republicans and Democrats should be having. But again, to me, it speaks volumes about where the majority of the Republican Party is today. When they take power in the House and they don't bring up any of those, which are probably very valid issues that you brought up, when they have power, they don't bring up any of those issues. They held a press conference, Michelle. They didn't talk about gas prices. They didn't talk about the economy for the first time in how long. They didn't talk about any of that stuff. All they talked about was the Biden family, the criminal Biden family. And, you know, we're going to go after Hunter Biden. We're going to impeach Joe Biden. To me, that speaks volumes about where we're at right now. And, and that those are my biggest issues. You want to bring up those topics? Have a sit down with Democrats and, and, and talk it out, man. But. They're not doing that. Well, Let's... remember
2: when Horsford was here, I brought up those very issues and he actually agreed with me. He was like, no, I think we could do both at the same time. You're right. We need more refiner. He agreed with me. And so the problem is, is that unfortunately we don't, when, when people like me run, I don't get elected. And that's the problem at the end of the day, because if we did elect people who actually would get things done, I think things would change too, too, too often. We elect people who like to use a bully pullet, but actually are completely ineffective in the office. And that's just 110% what we do on a regular basis.
1: Well, I think there are some things that Joe Biden has done that are very effective. I think a lot of bills have been put in place, and I think he's accomplished a lot in the last five or six months. He's certainly not perfect. I know you don't like him. You don't like anything he stands for. But I think he's done a lot of good things. Uh, and I could certainly put a list down of a lot of things that have been very good for the country that have been passed, like what just took place yesterday when it comes to uh, you know gay marriage. Uh, that's a really good thing. The infrastructure bill. I mean, I can go on and on with a lot of things he's done good. There's not everything I agree with what he's done. But I'm a lot more happier with Joe Biden now than I was um, six months ago, I'll tell you that. But anyway, she's Michelle Mortensen, the eight-time Emmy winner here in town. I am Brian Shapiro, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to switch some topics here. Hey, UNLV's Marcus Arroyo is no longer UNLV's Marcus Arroyo. Uh, he was fired. He was let go. Uh, I've been talking about this the last couple of days, but now the conversation turns to who's going to be the next coach. Is Deion Sanders a pipe dream? is John Gruden a pipe dream well we'll talk about that I love this guy actually playing golf with him this weekend Chris Matthews from Channel 8 where Michelle Mortensen used to be at by the yep. way Channel 8 Chris is a great guy uh, I actually had a conversation with him about Mitt Romney the other day believe it or <laughs> not uh, Chris Matthews is going to be joining us next we'll talk a little UNLV basketball they're off to a wonderful start Kevin's doing a great job uh, who's going to be the next UNLV football coach a little VGK hockey talk with him and oh yeah the Raiders are back in town this week they're playing a pretty good Chargers team. Plenty to get to with Chris Matthews. We'll take a quick break. I can't talk. We'll take a quick break. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. This is me They to shut you up. You didn't care.
0: Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn. That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premiere Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there, there's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call. 702-248-0554. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702 248 0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call 702 248 0554. Alright, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. Oh, we got a fun sports weekend in Las Vegas, don't we? It seems like that's every weekend, but this weekend we got, I know Marquez is getting ready for this one, USC, the Pac-12 championship against Utah. What a wonderful football game this is expected to be. Two really good teams. Uh, of course, on Sunday, the Raiders are back in town. It seems like they've been on the road forever, and uh, they come back home to play a very good Chargers team to talk about that, and of course, UNLV football and what's been going on there the last couple of days. My friend Chris Matthews from Channel Eight. Joining us right now. Chris, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh-oh, Chris, are you there? Did we lose Mr. Chris Matthews? No, he's here.
4: Turn
1: on this. Okay. Something we're having volume issues yeah, here. I'm turn this. Chris, turn your volume on. Take his off. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wait until we'll give Chris a couple minutes here to get uh, his volume working. I don't know if it's something on our end or we can his. See end. Him. We can see he him just him. fine, yeah. But he's a mute. We can't we can't hear him. <laughs> We can't hear him at the moment, but uh, hopefully we'll get Chris to, uh, get that working. And, uh, apparently it's on our end, uh, according to, uh, somebody who's watching. So I don't know what needs to be done, but maybe, uh, we can, we can figure that out. And Chris, just hang on the line with us here for a moment and we'll try to figure, figure things out here and what's going on on our end or why it's not working. Uh, Chris, can you hear us now? All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll give this a couple minutes here and we'll, we'll try to get things going. Uh, but anyway. Before we get to Chris. Okay. Uh, and we'll, we'll figure out these technical difficulties, hopefully.
2: You want to have an amazing sports talk with me? You want <laughs> well, to break it down? Well, okay.
1: Michelle, uh, <laughs> in the history of UNLV football, the, or, the, the team, the organization has not been very good. Uh, it's been years since we got to a bowl game. And uh, I don't know when the next time it is that we will get to a bowl game, but three years at UNLV and, uh, unfortunately three years of another coaching tenure where we don't make it uh, to a bowl game unfortunately and if we can't uh mark why don't we do this if we can't get chris uh can't get the video working why don't you just give him a call so we can get uh get some audio and we just won't have video which is totally fine why don't we do that uh because we're running out of time here and i want to get chris's take on uh unlv football but yes marcus arroyo has been fired uh it happened uh earlier than i expected i'll be honest with you i thought that I thought that our athletic director would bring him back for another year. I think, I absolutely think it's the right decision. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, coach Marcus Arroyo, no longer the head coach at UNLV football. Um, and, uh, his number's in the email, but I'll get you, I'll get you his number here real quickly. Um, so that we can get Chris Matthews on the line. Uh, because for whatever reason, our video is not working. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. This is live radio folks. Sometimes, uh, mistakes are made. Michelle's been in the TV business for a long time. It and happens
2: mis- all the time. <laughs> What's the
1: worst, the worst thing that ever happened to you? When oh my
2: God. One of the worst things that happened yeah. to me in TV was when I was working at an ABC affiliate in Arkansas and our entire video and graphic system went down. So I had to do an entire 30 minute newscast with no video, no graphics, no sound. And the weather guy just so happened to be live on location somewhere. So I also had to do weather. Hmm. It was the worst. So it was basically just Michelle on camera the whole time, filling it in. It was pretty horrible. That
1: does happen from time to time. All right, we do have Chris uh, Matthews on the phone. Chris, can you hear me? Are you over there? hey guys how you doing today doing good sorry for the technical difficulties my apologies my friend live radio it happens from time to time uh but i appreciate right. appreciate you coming on chris thank you so much um let's start uh in a short period of time here let's start with unlv football i think this was the right decision but i was a little surprised that uh harper made the decision what do you what's your take on this
4: yeah I, going back to the beginning of the year if we start way back then we were talking about this season and we were kind of looking at uh What would have been a good year, a bad year, whatever. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that they would, that they would win five games and one of those wins would be over their rival UNR, I would have said, that's a good year. I would have said, yeah, I'll take that. I think a lot of people would have taken that, especially, you know, coming off zero wins and two wins and suddenly you win five. And you beat your rival, you'd have probably said, nah, you know what? That's good. Yeah, he's, he's making some progress." I think the thing was, is did you see enough progress? And then that Hawaii loss mm. just was awful—a terrible, terrible loss against a real bad Hawaii team. And then for Marcus Arroyo afterwards to to uh, say in his post game media conference that we got out physicaled we we were out competed and we lost our focus, I'm saying, how does that happen in the most important game of the season Mm. with a bowl game on the line and a chance to go to a bowl game for the first time since 2013, that your team got out physical by an awful Hawaii team that they weren't as competitive against the Hawaii team. And most importantly, how do you lose focus in a game like that? I agree. It it was just, uh, it it was a bad, bad, bad look. Mm. And, um, And I I think something had to be done. I'm probably like you. I'm saying, you know what? Maybe the the, timing—the timing was was kind of terrible. When you're celebrating a win, you're taking the kids over on Chris. What do
1: you make of that? Let's talk about that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I just didn't—I didn't like that. I didn't like the—they—they could have done it later in the afternoon. They could have done it today. They could have done it the next day. I mean, it just kind of was a bad look. I mean, I think probably the right decision was made. I think he wants to make a decision to move this program in another direction now you have to hope that because of the uh, the firing that he has something in mind or somebody has something in mind and and they're going to come up with a nice, Flashy hire here with, you know, with the money they have. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the timing of that. Chris, do you think I'm, you know, I'm looking, looking into this? Big win.
1: Do you, Chris, do you think I'm looking into this a little bit too much when I say maybe it was a statement that Harper was trying to make, and maybe I am in saying, listen, painting the can in red is great, but that's not enough. We need to change. We need to make bowl games. Do you feel like in a way it was sort of a statement that he was trying to make, or you think I'm looking into this a little bit too too much?
4: Yeah, yeah, you might be looking into it a little too deeply. I just, I, I think the timing could have been a little bit. Different. Um, why, why not just wait till after? Why not do it uh, the next day? Why couldn't they just wait and hey, celebrate, get out there? And then, well, of course, then you would have been, that would have been an awkward situation with uh, Royal out there painting the cannon with his guys. And next day he gets fired. There's never a good time. You feel bad for Marcus Arroyo. The thing with Marcus, I think, is he never really connected with the community. I don't think he never connect, connected with the media. You and I have talked about this many, many times. He just, Something about Marcus that he just didn't connect with the media, the community, and not like he doesn't have to like us. I could care less whether well, he likes us. I think he did like us, but he just never, he never connected, never had that. Oh, yeah. uh, well, he's arrogant. Yeah. You know,
1: I, I think he was yeah. arrogant, and, um, I, the reason why I don't necessarily feel bad for him is because he just got he's getting a payout of two point three million dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah, think don't he feel- I don't think he's done a, a ton of good here. Let's keep in mind he didn't take over a winless team before COVID. He took over a four win team, and Sanchez was pretty much winning four or five games a year, and he took over a decent team, and it was his job to turn that into a bowl winning team. And if you want to erase Year One COVID, I know some people like to put that narrative in there, and that's fine. They're entitled to that, but forget about wins and losses. Forget about the fact they went winless. Did that team in team and Improve year one from start to the end of the year. Did they improve in year two when they were embarrassed last year by a UNR team that just destroyed them? Did they get better from start to the end of the year this year when they lost six of the last seven games? You know, I, I just don't well, think. Let me, ask you yeah. this.
4: let me let me let me jump in here also. Now these guys, oh, these are these are a lot of his recruits play juniors, uh, right? Um, so you, so these are his guys now. Now, next year all his recruits would have been seniors, but a lot of these. Remember that first year, he made a splash by by having the uh, the best or the second best recruiting class in the Mountain West. Well, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then a lot of these guys this season should have been absolute studs.
1: Agree. But that's these, a
4: great point. The studs on this yep. on this team were were super seniors. These are the guys that uh, Sanchez brought in. You got mm-hmm. you know Austin Ajake and Gutierrez and yep. you know some of these guys that uh, that have been around. So you would have thought that with such a great recruiting class. That these guys should have been his guys making the big, big differences on this team.
1: No question. It's such a a great point that you bring up because part of being a successful coach at any level, are you getting the maximum out of the talent you have? I don't think Arroyo was doing that at all. You can make the argument, yes, sure, Brumfeld got better and there were certain players that improved, but a lot some of these players regressed. There's no question about it. And and you know, to me, I believe that the writing was on the wall at the beginning of the year quite frankly I wouldn't be surprised and Harper probably won't admit this this was probably ball game or or gone and Hawaii was was the nail in the coffin for Arroyo didn't matter what happened in that Nevada game but if, if people want to bring up the Nevada Reno game uh, they were they were one play away first and goal at the 3 yard line from winning that football game then can anybody defend I mean it shouldn't be about that right it shouldn't be about one set of downs you said it best I mean the team they just didn't get better and he didn't connect with the community, and he's gone now. And I think Harper wants to bring in his own guy. Who do you think that guy should be?
4: Um, I, would, I would hope that it's a guy that has some head coaching experience that perhaps has a little bit of a name out there. I know there's been some names battered around, uh, and they're all the obvious names. And I mean, the big splash names like Deion Sanders, I mean, if, if you saw a 60-minute piece on him about two months ago, I think – It'd be cool to have him come, but I think he's looking at a bigger pie, a power five type school that will open up for him. Um, but a guy that has at least had coaching experience. Right. A, a guy that can come in here in the mountain. And let's not overlook the fact that the Mountain West was terrible this year. Terrible.
1: Their biggest Very win. Bad Chris, Chris, their biggest win arguably was on the road against Utah State. Utah State six and six. They didn't exactly have a great year by their standards either, right? No, no. It was a, it, this
4: conference was down. Way, way down. So if you can't go to a bowl game uh, in this conference, something's wrong. I yeah, mean, you, I agree. You, you gotta, you gotta go to a bowl game.
1: Agree. Yeah.
4: At the beginning of the year, if you'd uh, to a man, if you'd have sat down with Eric Harper and said, Eric, is it a bowl game or bust or if they get five wins and beat Reno? I think at the time you probably would have said, you know what? Yeah. If they get five wins and beat Reno, that's, that's success because they only won two the year before and zero the year before that. But to, the way they lost and, and and you you mentioned it right there at the goal line. They could have easily lost that game to Reno. They, I mean they fell behind thirteen to nothing and came yep. back again. Good point. Uh, Good you, point very, it's way, very
1: bad. It's the way they ended a the season. Team. You're hundred percent right. It, it's probably the it's the way they ended the season, losing six of their last seven, barely beating a horrible Nevada Reno team, losing to oh. Hawaii. All that culminated. I I believe Harper is going to do a better job than Desiree Reed Francois did. I think he's going to oh, make. Yes. I think he's going to make the right hire. I also love the fact that this guy played Division One college football at a very high level. I believe Kansas State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, and he,
4: yeah, he knows. I mean, yeah. he has contacts around the country. Yep. He knows what he can hey, do and what he can't do. And he, we, he's we got my full about support. That.
1: Yep.
4: Yeah, we asked him about how important this hire is going to be. It's a very important hire, I think they can go out and get the money and pay somebody to come in here and do a decent job. I hope he gets a guy that that at least had had coaching experience.
1: I I think he will. He's Not that he needs my support, but he's got my full support. I actually like Eric Harper. This was not an easy decision to make. In some schools, it might have been the easy decision, but not here at UNLV giving a coach three years. I believe it was a gutsy decision. He made the right decision in my opinion. I have faith that he's going to hire a capable coach, and I think UNLV football is going to be okay, and I haven't said that in in, in a while, but I believe under Harper I think it's going to be okay. So we'll wait and see what happens. Chris, on a on a side note a positive note what about those running rebels man kevin's doing a great job isn't he i mean they'd be oh date- yeah yeah they'd be dating and, and let, let's be honest minnesota's not a bad basketball team they made minnesota look really bad
4: no that he's got this team rolling. there's only a handful of unbeaten teams in in the country left that you know, seven and oh, like you say, you beat a nationally ranked team and then they, they go down to Southern California and beat Minnesota. And now they got San Diego. They come back home and play Hawaii over at the dollar loan center. And then you have Washington state. I think it's at the MGM grand. So you got some, you got a couple of teams coming up, two of the next three that will kind of test you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's getting votes in the, uh, the latest poll, top 25 polls. So there's kind of a little renewed excitement about this run a rebel program and. You know kevin i mean he's when he played here you you saw him play here he was sure. a hard nosed defensive type guy could could also stroke the ball but but you you get out and have you ha it's let me just say this, it's fun watching his teams because they give it 110%. They do. Defensively, they'll lock in, they'll yep. play tough, and you you appreciate that as a fan. And
1: under Marvin Menzies, I agree with you, and under Marvin Menzies, under Dave Rice, uh, not every player bought into what they were trying to do, and part of that is their fault. Uh, you are absolutely right. When it comes to Kevin, the players love him, they play hard for him, and, and to me, that's what uh, makes a good uh, basketball coach. There's a lot of other things I- in there, but you know, buying into the de- you know, defensive scheme of things, was, we're reminds me so much of kevin's father and and the teams he brought in here i'm not saying they're going to make the sweet 16 this year and i think at times especially on the road they're going to be offensively challenged a little bit but if you can keep teams to the 60s you're going to have a chance to win against anybody and uh we'll have to wait and see what happens uh as far as uh, other sports Danny, uh what,
4: and, well, I was to say any and let me just throw this in He's, Sure, i think on average it might be right be, right around this number. But I think on average, he's turn, teams are turning the ball over 20 times against yeah. the Reds. Phenomenal. So they're, yeah. I mean, they're getting turnovers. They're locking in. They're, they're playing defense. How hard is it in today's day and age to go out and find young 19, 20, 21-year-olds 20 year that want to play defense as opposed to stroking the yeah. ball and scoring 20 points?
1: And they have to, too. If they're going to compete in the Mountain West, yep. they have to play defense like that because, yeah, you got a couple guys on this team that are shooting the ball well, but they are not as good offensively this year as they were last year or in years past, quite frankly. So they have to be really good defensively, and they are. And I give Kevin and his his staff all the credit for that. Uh, VGK Hockey, boy, they they have a pretty phenomenal record, particularly on the road. I know that game against the Canucks was a little bit of an embarrassment. (laughs) I don't know what the heck happened in that game. That was unexplainable. But uh, I like where VGK is at right now. You're going to have bad nights here and then. Uh, What are your thoughts on where VGK is at right now? (laughs)
4: Yeah, I, you know, I like, I, I like the team that Bruce Cassidy has put together. You'll have ebbs and flows. I mean, they started out, what, what was it? 13 and three. And yep. now they're, you know, they're kind of dropping a few here and there, but that, that, that's just over the course of a season. Um, but it's been fun to watch these guys. You got the, you know, remember the first year how Gerard Gallant was saying that, uh, Hey, we roll four lines out there and we can roll. Four. Well, that's kind of what they're doing now. Yep. They have, they have pretty good, uh, they have four lines that are pretty good, so they can roll those guys out there. How scary was that the other day though, when Jack Eichel took a block to the face?
1: Boy, that is just um, uh, if that,
4: you're
3: scary. <laughs> yeah, if you're
1: if you're a VGK fan, that is your worst nightmare. That's the last. Uh, thing. Luckily, it looks like he's going to be okay, and he's going to be he's he's already back there in the lineup, isn't he? From what I understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Yep. He came
4: back in. He yeah. Was okay, so he's but he's all that's right. A scary moment. Oh
1: god, especially when you're talking about vision and and wherever the puck can hit you, it can it you could break your jaw. It's ended careers, by the way, uh, in the NHL. You know,
4: and that's what that's what makes, um. Bill Kessel's consecutive games yeah. were so impressive. Yeah. That anything can happen in hockey more than any other sport. It's such a physical game with yeah. this and that, and even through the COVID year, right. he never missed a
1: game. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And forget about even physical injuries. What about just getting sick, Chris? Like you and me, we get the flu oh. once in a while, you get sick, COVID, whatever the case. It's unbelievable. Yes, there's a lot of luck involved, but I think it also talks of Phil Kessel and just taking care of himself and 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 going about business. And I have so much admiration for him and, and the Cal Ripken uh, Jr. Of, of the NHL. It's so great that he is here. Uh, Raiders in town, back in town this weekend against the Chargers two wins on the road i can't believe i I didn't think they were going to beat seattle on the road i thought denver was very doable because denver's not very good but seattle a pretty good football team they're above 500 anyway and uh, that was very impressive now they come back home and i I can't believe i'm saying this but i think the raiders have a very (laughs) legitimate chance to beat the chargers on sunday are you are you saying that i think i am chris
4: (laughs) i can't believe i am right i i I, i'm kind of excited to see how they actually respond to a a Chargers team that, that is banged up, by the way. They've gone through a lot of injuries, and they've had to deal with a lot of things. Really, the roster the roster really isn't the same as it is this Sunday that it was, what, two months ago when they first played them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week. And Josh Jacobs, phenomenal game. Derek Carr, you can just kind of, you know, winning back-to-back games, and especially in overtime, kind of get y'all fired up and excited. But uh, I kind of agree with you. There's a chance that they can actually make it three in a row.
1: Well, Derek Carr uh, and this Raiders team, they don't have much pressure on themselves, right? I mean, they're already out of the playoffs. Don't really have to worry about that. I wish they did have to worry about that, and I'm sure they wish they were as well. Derek Carr seems to be Derek Carr again, at least the last uh, few games. He's got some confidence, uh, other than a really bad start in Seattle where he, where he throws a, a pick. But uh, other than that, I thought he was very, very good in that Seattle game. Max Crosby was fantastic, and let's not even forget about the star of the game and the guy that's having a career year in Josh Jacobs. This guy's been unbelievable. Uh, this is the type of offense that we expected from the Raiders all year, right?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is you. It was almost one of those situations going into the season where you said, well, if the defense is mediocre, you're okay because that offense is going to be so explosive and, and they'll get by. Well, it just really hasn't panned out that way. Now they're kind of feeling themselves. You got Darren Waller still out, Hunter Renfrew out, but you have Boston Moreau picking it up. Yep. The slack. You have Hollins picking up the slack. And then obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs. And on the other side, I thought it was so phenomenal to see Max Crosby do what he did against. Uh, Seattle with the, uh, the big third, the big sacks on third down late mm-hmm. in that game. He was just a beast in there. And really when you think about it, isn't he in the running for you know possible gotta be. Uh, NFL MVP yep. honors, defensive MVP honors, this guy's been great.
1: It unfortunately I, the record might hurt him a little bit. I, I wish this Raiders team had a winning record then I would say hands down he's going to win, but yeah, his resume and what he's done this year, I agree with you. He's got to be in the running for that. Chris, we're, we'll see you on the golf course this weekend. Uh Chris is going to shoot a 65 out there this week. So uh, <laughs> We'll,
4: we'll see. You. <laughs> uh, that's, all, you, that's the front nine, and then we'll, we'll move to the back nine. <laughs> well, Ron's, it's always never been out there. I've never been out to this golf course that you're talking about in Peru. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it's a really beautiful uh, country club out there, and uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of prizes out there. Our, our mutual friend Chris Wynn is going to be out there. He, uh, uh, you'd have to give him a stroke a hole, Chris. That's how bad he is. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Chris, I'll, we'll definitely see you Friday over there at Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a fun sports weekend, and play a little bit of golf, and uh, always appreciate it when you take the time to come on, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, I
4: appreciate that. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm wearing my University of Utah hat as oh. we
1: speak. Oh, that's awesome. I, I know that our friend who's running the board here today, the program director, Mark Hayes, is not going to appreciate that very much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys duke that one out. But anyway, Chris, thanks again, my friend. You guys hey, you, do a great job at Channel 8 and appreciate your time. Thank right. you.
4: Thank you very much. Have a great day, guys. You too.
1: That's Chris Matthews. Michelle, you know a little little bit of uh, Chris Matthews, right? You guys used to work together back yeah, in the yeah. day. Yeah,
2: I know Chris Matthews very, very well. We worked together for, what was that? Uh, God, was I there? Seven years? Eight years? Yeah. So uh, a long, long time. He's a great, great guy. Um, and uh, can't say enough about him. Also, Ron, who you have on a bunch we of have, Ron Furtrell.
1: We have a, an interesting relationship as long as we don't talk about politics with Ron Furtrell because we usually agree on everything and when I it comes to sports. And I talk with
2: Ron about politics all the time. I yeah. know one of your viewers online, Jim, is really angry that I wasn't taking part in the football conversation. He obviously wanted to know, you know, my <laughs> my very important take on all yeah. of that. Um, well, well,
1: well, who wins this weekend? Is it the Raiders or the Chargers?
2: Wouldn't it be cool if the Raiders won? But I don't think they're going to win. Do you think the Cel- <laughs> Do you think the Celtics have a
1: chance of beating the Raiders next week? The
2: Celtics yeah. don't play football. Uh, you see, she, Michelle knows. She. I tested
1: you. I tested you. <laughs> Michelle knows what she's talking about. See, I tried to get her there. She knows better
2: than I look. She knows <laughs> maybe
1: the Islanders, but not the not the not, not the Red Sox or the Celtics. Anyway, right, Michelle, right. always good to see you. I appreciate you joining us uh, on the show. Okay.
2: TikTokers want to know, by the way, where can they follow you on TikTok? They want to follow you. So oh, okay, what's your TikTok great. Thing you, uh,
1: you know what? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know that. I'll have to give them okay. that information. Uh, that, but but have them follow me, please, on social media on uh twitter which is pushing limits lv please have them follow me pushing limits lv and add uh add me to youtube the youtube page is ptl vegas will be broadcast every show i appreciate everybody watching or listening uh whatever the case may be or both but uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow same time same place have a great day everybody <laughs>